And Adewale was like, let's not just call him Echo, let's call him Mr. Echo. <laughs> and Damon and Carlton were like, oh, why? Like, why does that happen? And he's like, I don't know, you guys figured out. <laughs> I really like Adewale. He's like, I don't know, I just think it'd be cool, whatever. <laughs> he's like, you guys have given me this much power, let's see how far I can push it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 23-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. The thing that I would smuggle onto a plane would be hollow glitter. <laughs> Just a plane full of glitter? Yeah. In Mary statues. <laughs> I love it. Oh, they're still in the Mary statues. Potential. Well, for mine, they are. Yeah. Okay, okay. My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at, at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And the thing that I would smuggle onto a plane would... I was, like, gonna say craft supplies, but uh-huh. you kind of covered that with hollow glitter. So now I'm just gonna say makeup. Okay. But not in Virgin Mary's. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> And our guest this episode is Steven! Yay! Hi, Steven! Hi! Um, tell us a little bit about you. Well, I'm uh, 38 years old. I live in Kansas City, Missouri. Been a fan of Lost since the second season, 10th episode of River at the 23rd Psalm. Yeah, that's so cool. You were telling us about um, that story on Twitter, about how it was like the first episode you ever saw. Do you want to tell that story? Sure. I was hanging out with a group of friends. We were over at one of their houses and their mom had some shows recorded on the DVR and one of them was 23rd Psalm and we watched it and it just blew my mind. And then I (laughs) said, okay, what's going on here? So she had the first season on DVD. So for the next week, we watched the first season and still had no idea what was going on. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, watched it religiously from there on out. So it it introduced me to you know podcasts. I found podcasts from that, and you know a show that you know you actually had to think about. And the week yeah. between the show, looking forward to. I, I don't. So you watched. So you wound up watching the whole show live, right? Yes. Yeah. From the from this episode on. Oh wow! What an experience. Yeah, it, I love when people like watched it during the original airing because you remember like what the huge phenomenon was like. Yeah, it, it was definitely a, a phenomenon and, you know, people people's opinions I think changed as it went on. A lot of people did have some issues with it, but I'd say I pretty much enjoyed it all. I, you know, there's certain things I like better than others, but I, I love the show. And how many times since then would you say that you have seen the show? Well, I've watched seasons at a time mm-hmm. quite a bit, but I haven't actually watched the whole thing start to finish um, for probably since then. Um, I used to, before the new season would start, I would try to watch all of it to catch up to mm-hmm. the new season, but I haven't actually watched the whole six seasons um, since it was over, but I watch a season here, season there. That's fair. Well, it's kind of like when you're, like, in the height of your obsession, you watch it so many times that, like, when you go to rewatch it, you're like, okay, I already know everything. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, you're like, previously on, and I'm like, I don't need this. Yeah, I don't need this. Magnitude, thanks so much. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so I know this is kind of a hard question, but uh, what does Lost mean to you? Well, um, 
before Lost, I didn't really watch TV at all. I used to, you know, I watched Friends and Seinfeld, Married with Children when I was a kid, but I really didn't watch TV at all. Um, and then after this show, I kind of refound the the joy of, you know, watching a continuing story. Never been a big fan mm-hmm. of the, you know, Monster of the Week kind of shows, but I love mm-hmm. a, a story that keeps going and yeah. really gives you something to think about. And I said, I, from, from this show, I found podcasts, which is pretty much all I listen to now. I don't really listen to the radio. Um, and oh, right. Same. <laughs> would never known about them probably without this show or maybe I would have figured it out eventually so what are the some of the shows like do you watch TV now like did it convert you a little bit oh yeah definitely Be- so what are some of your favorite shows that you watch now well the hundred obviously um, yeah I think you guys know about that show um, yeah I really enjoy timeless I don't think it's coming back but for a couple more episodes but yeah that's a good one um, oh trying to think it it seems like every show I like gets canceled. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> I did. I watched the entire run of Fringe. Fringe was another one of my favorites. Oh, so mm. JJ Fringe was so good. Jericho, another one lasted a couple years and then it was gone. Watching Fear, Fear of the Walking Dead just because of Alicia. But. Right. <laughs> I I got through about a season and a half of that, and then I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm still watching it. It's uh, it's taken a few turns this year. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Is it, like, worth trying again? I, I enjoy it. There's a lot of new characters this year, and I like them, but I kind of miss some of the characters who were there from the start. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, speaking of characters, <laughs> um, who are some of your favorite characters on Lost? Well, Mr. Echo is probably my, my favorite favorite. As far as the characters that were around the entire run of the show, uh, uh, Sawyer and Hurley were probably my two favorites but mm-hmm. at various times they're all kind of my favorite and Jen's dad he's just like the best <laughs> character ever he's only in there a couple times but you gotta love Jen's dad he's so good that's such a good answer like I don't think I'll ever hear anyone say that again and it's so cool <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah one of our other questions should be pick a like one-off character or like I don't know two off I think he yeah was on. character who's your favorite exactly yeah. and where can we find you on the internet well uh twitter I'm Lucky13Steve, and I, I just started an Instagram about an hour ago, but it'll probably <laughs> yeah, just be pictures of my kids, so, but uh, that's pre- awesome. pretty much just Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, and what would you smuggle onto a plane? Um, can I, could I smuggle my son onto a plane? Is that an option? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, why yeah. buy a ticket when you could? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Save on airfare. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Either that or my lost. Either that or my lost DVDs. I don't know. Yes, uh, that is exactly what Robin would do. <laughs> that was she just moved here, and the first thing she did was say, "Okay, everyone, we have to be really careful because my lost DVDs are packed somewhere, and they are precious cargo." <laughs> True. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. Okay. So today we have words to say about episode two ten of Lost, the twenty third Psalm. Yay. Okay. So the twenty third Psalm is titled because um yeah. it's. No duh. Yeah, (laughs) it's a a Bible verse. It's a Bible verse that Echo actually says in this episode. So it's a beautiful verse. Yeah, yeah. And uh, of course, twenty third Psalm. Of course, they they used 
23, <laughs> obviously. Um, the broadcast date was January 11th, 2006. It was written, written by my boys, Damon and Carlton. And it was directed by Matt Earl Beasley. Cool. Way to go, guys. <laughs> um, I was actually surprised that Damon and Carlton wrote this episode because it doesn't feel like their writing style. Right. Yeah. I mean, it has the complexity of their writing style, but I don't know. It had sort of a different feel to it. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing is that, and I'll talk about it a little bit later, but when uh, I was, there was a commentary for this episode on the DVDs, and um, Damon and Carlton were kind of talking about how Adewale was like a huge part in Echo's story mm-hmm. and in the shaping of Echo as a person. They were saying that like a lot of shows will build a character and then cast an actor and they prefer to be like, we want a Nigerian priest. And then Adewale came in and they were like, cool, now what? You know? <laughs> and so yeah, Adewale was like a huge part in that. So I feel like that's potentially okay. that reason That why. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I like when actors get input into their characters. Yeah. Um, so now Brittany's going to recap the episode, and she's going to try and do it within one minute, um, <laughs> but we shall see. This I never, I, I think I've only done it under a minute a couple times. Yeah. Alright, okay, here we go. Claire tries to bond with Echo, but winds up accidentally discovering Charlie's drug addiction instead. Echo demands Charlie show him where he found the heroin-filled Virgin Magic- ma- <laughs> Virgin Mary statues. Locke teaches Michael how to shoot. That's a weird duo. Michael takes Kate's shift so that he can text Walt, and Kate can keep cutting Sawyer's hair. Walt says some scary stuff that Jack interrupts. Classic Jack. Charlie blames Echo for all his problems right before they find a dead body. The black smoke arrives and Echo stares it down. Okie dokie. Anyway, after their supernatural encounter, Charlie and Echo find the plane with Echo's brother inside. They burn it. Echo gives Charlie a statue in repayment. Great! After a nice montage involving fish and new romances, Claire kicks Charlie out of their tent. No worries, because Charlie sets up camp with his other five stolen Virgin Mary statues. Awesome! In the past, Echo saves his kid brother from killing someone and does it himself. He's taken by gorillas and turned into a child soldier. An older Echo kills two men in a drug deal. Neat. He asks his brother to use his church's planes to fly drugs away from Nigeria. Yemi isn't into it. Echo leaves and comes back to intimidate Yemi into making he and his dudes priests so they can fly the plane. He does it, but everything goes south when they discover Yemi has called the military. Yemi is shot and Echo is left behind. Oh! One one minute, twelve seconds. That's, I'm gonna sound like a chipmunk. (laughs) Um, so now let's get started. Let's yeah. talk about the, I'm going to grab my notes here. So, Stephen, you've listened to the podcast before, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so you know how our recap stuff works, and we kind of just all pile in. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, feel free to interrupt okay. if you have thoughts. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so the first thing we're going to talk about is all the stuff with Michael and his conversations with Locke and with Walt and, and such, because that was like a kind of smallish storyline. Mm-hmm. That we'll just kind of get out of the way real quick here. Um, so the first thing we have is Locke opening the armory and he's changing the combo because he doesn't want the new people to get inside. I, which is fair, but also I'm just like, all of these new people are more trustworthy than most of the people that you are already <laughs> living with. So, okay. Well, they did shoot one of the one of their people. so That's very true. That's yeah. very true. Locke's like, yeah, I, I don't think they should have guns anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and... Locke starts talking about how he really loved silent movies. I'm, like, not really sure. I mean, I get how it's relevant because it's, like, he's locking something away and something about a bank robbery in the silent movies. But, like, I'm just confused as to, like, why do you think the writers wrote that part into... Like, are they just being like, ah, Locke, he's so kooky. Like, I don't get it. I I just kind of saw it as, like, a, another layer of, like, Locke's character. Like, that he... 
he always did things a little bit differently. Right. You know, like, instead of watching regular movies, he was watching silent movies. Now, where he found those... He was in foster care, so it's like his foster mom, I guess. Well, did they have them on VHS? I don't know. (laughs) We need more information. This monologue should have been much longer, clearly. (laughs) Um, And so, oh, another thing that they were bringing up in the commentary is that Locke and Echo's names share letters. And so they really wanted, like, them to be really interconnected like that. Okay. And Locke says that he doesn't want people just walking into the armory and helping themselves to guns. Which we have spoiler thoughts about that, <laughs> don't we? Yeah. And there's, I mean, that's that scene. It's not, the thing that puzzles me about this storyline is just, like, I don't really understand why it's here in the first place. Yeah. I, I mean, that scene, I'm not really sure why it's there. Yeah. But I, but I have other thoughts about, like, the okay. storyline here. So the next one we have is Locke teaching Michael how to shoot. And also, a fun fact slash blooper continuity issue is that the ranch that they're going to shoot, the label on it doesn't say Dharma, it says Dharma. <laughs> it just has an extra A in it for some reason. Well, it's oh, the Dharma of it all. Oh, the Dharma. <laughs> um, but something that I thought was interesting about this is it's just, like, Michael knows that last time he kind of just, like, walked off, and everyone's like, this isn't the way that you need to do it. You're being too reckless yeah and you're going to get yourself hurt and so instead he comes back and what he does is he says i need Locke to help me develop some skills Mm -hmm. i think he's being smart about it now he knows that he's gonna as soon as walt says this is where i am he needs to be ready to go immediately and he has this time to develop skills and do better than he would have done if he didn't have them yeah, that's, yeah, that, it, this is more, like, healthy coping skills. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, I mean, what could Michael have done for Walt without any of these skills? Like, exactly. how are you going to charge into the jungle and attack a bunch of people to get your kid back? Well, last time he didn't even have a gun. He was, <laughs> Michael! It was just him. <laughs> oh, Michael. Freaking Michael. I certainly think it makes sense that Michael's doing that, but my question is, why, why did Locke, why was he not more curious about why he was doing this. He just didn't, seems kind of oblivious to it, don't you think? Yeah. Like, he kind of doesn't question why Michael needs to know how to shoot. Yeah, I don't, I didn't even think about that. Like, he's, and I, and I think that because of later, um, events, <laughs> that perhaps Locke might feel a little bit responsible and responsible for what ends up happening, mm-hmm. um, because of that. But, I mean, yeah, I guess Locke was kind of just like, I mean, I guess Locke likes to be helpful. Uh, in the old, like, uh, off-island, you know, no one ever asked for his help for anything. I never thought about that. He just wants to be needed, I guess. Yeah, but it is interesting that Michael must have just walked up to Walt and been like, hey, can you teach me to- Walt. Michael must have walked up to Locke and been like, can you teach me to shoot? And Locke's like, yeah, sure, I won't question this at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Well, Locke, Locke did teach his son how to throw knives last year, too. Ooh, good That's point. That's so true. Well, a- another thing is it's just, like, Locke knows that Michael wants to go get Walt. So I assume, I mean, obviously they don't want Michael walking off by himself, but Locke knows, probably knows the reason why he wants to know how to shoot. But it's very much Locke to not ask questions. Oh, that's true. Because... He, he, Locke is someone who will not pry unless you have something of value to tell him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, like, Michael wandering off is of any value to Locke. That, oh, yeah. No, oh, you mean, like, he just, like, literally wouldn't care if he left? 
Yeah, yeah. He's like, whatever. I don't know. What do you think? He's kind of preoccupied with the button right now. I don't. That's true. exactly. Yeah, like he has his purpose, and this is sort of like a little side quest for him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is my extra hobby. Yeah, yeah. So something that. When we were doing our rewatch today, you were saying that you liked the fact that Locke was teaching him how to shoot with blanks. Yeah, I feel like little details like this make it really realistic Mm -hmm. because they're not going to waste the bullets. Yeah, you don't got that stuff to waste. Yeah, so they just kind of shoot nothing and it's more about teaching, you know, Michael the... the, You know, I obviously don't know how to shoot a gun. Yeah. (laughs) Where would I find a gun up here? Yeah. But, um... You know, squeeze like squeezing instead of pulling and things like that. Like just sort of the procedures of how to shoot a gun, and then when he thinks he's ready, they shoot the wrench, which I think is a huge waste of wrench. Yeah, fully, fully <laughs> they didn't waste, waste bullets, the but they wasted the wrench. Yeah, and so he's like, "Hey, how do you know how to shoot guns?" And he's like, "Oh, well, my dad took me hunting." And of course, this is a callback to Deus Ex Machina, when we learned about Anthony Cooper and how garbage he was. <laughs> Um, but, I mean, that's true. They did go hunting. They were hunting for birds, mostly. And, yeah, he's just, like, trying to learn the skills, like we were saying. And I believe, I can't remember the exact line, but Locke says something like, don't go, run- like, we can't have people running off with, like, guns or whatever. And Michael's like, ha ha yeah, that would be stupid. Hmm. Don't do that. I love when this show does, like, foreshadowing that, like seems obvious but you don't know what it's going to be obvious about yeah you're like oh god who who's going to do this and who's going to get shocked yeah um so next scene we have sawyer and kate (laughs) giving sawyer a haircut this is i literally love them so much (laughs) steven what do you think about sawyer and kate big fan of sawyer and kate yeah that's great great scene uh i'm gonna start using bullpucky more in everyday conversation yeah (laughs) (laughs) That one made me laugh, too. I'd never heard that before. Well, they were like, well, we can't have them use the S-H word. (laughs) But they also are like, but would he say poop? (laughs) No. No. We have to think of a southern way to say poop. Bullpucky. Bullpucky. I love it. I love what Josh probably read it and was just like, ugh, another weird thing for me to say. (laughs) But yeah, so, oh, one of the things they were saying in the commentary is that the reason why they had Sawyer get a haircut... First of all, it's great that they're showing people getting haircuts, and I think they've, like, shown Jack, like, shaving before and stuff yeah. like that, because almost certainly people are calling them out about this sort of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Being like, oh, well, they're not really it. back then, though. Yeah, I mean, Because Twitter wasn't really a thing then. Mm-hmm. But I guess so that's they, just they good writing. People, <laughs> yeah, they knew people would, like, talk about it and stuff. But but the reason why they, like, specifically wrote that in is because Josh was like, my hair's too long. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> because he had been on the raft and gone through the jungle, almost died, and now he's just like, please, can I cut my hair? So I have a question for everyone on the pod, though. Uh-huh. Would you trust Kate to cut your hair? If I had no other option, probably. <laughs> How about you, Steven? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know who I would trust on the island. Uh, maybe Sun? I don't know. Oh. Oh, yeah. Just pick sun for everything. Yeah. I was like, I can't be cutting everyone's hair. I'm busy. <laughs> I have a garden. But, yeah, no, no reason not to trust Kate to, to cut my hair. So, sure, why not? Yeah. I, I mean, she ha- we have seen her dye her own hair before. True, true. That's true. But we also have seen Claire cut Charlie's hair. Ooh, but then point. again, Charlie's hair looks gross. So... <laughs> So, I think we should trust Kate, personally. I'm just trying to establish who the island hairdresser is. Honestly, I think, like, Saeed. 
I see if Shannon was still alive at this point, mm-hmm. I would be like, Shannon could probably do it. Yeah. You know, she probably knows a lot about that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. important conversation. What? No, I think it's it is. A, no, it's I'm, a fun one. Yeah. I think it is. I, I think like, maybe if Boone was still here. I think my favorite part is that Kate has scissors, and I'm like, so did you sneak into Jack's medical kit, steal his, like, suturing scissors to mm-hmm. cut Sawyer's hair? Yeah. And then, and then Jack was like, where did my scissors go? And she's like, oh, I stole them from my other boyfriend. Oh! <laughs> What if, so when you were watching this live, Stephen, did you give any thought to, like, the love triangle that was going on here, or were you more focused on the island mythology? Well, no, I mean, I probably more focused on the mythology, but I think I probably, I probably always rooted for uh, Sawyer and Kate, always enjoyed that combination, but... Right, and so, since this was the first episode you ever saw, you already, like, this was the first time that we see the smoke monster, so you watched all of season one knowing what the monster was. What was that like? Well, I mean, I did and I didn't. So I, I saw the monster here, but I still don't know that you really knew what it was. Right, yeah. that's fair. But, uh, yeah, no, it was definitely weird knowing where they ended up, going back and watching mm-hmm. the first season, um, having seen the inside of the hatch, and then to go back and see them find the hatch. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. they, they're like, what's in the hatch? And you're like, I already know. <laughs> I already know. Or like, <laughs> you're just watching it, and then Boone is like comes in on this pilot, and you're like, I wonder where that guy went. <laughs> oh! And Shan. Yeah. Or just That's waiting it. around all season to find Mr. Echo, and then he never showed up. Yeah, until Oh, that must have been such a disappointment. It was, because that's definitely the, the character and the backstory that drew me into the show. Yeah, so like, was... Mr. Echo, your favorite character, because this was the first episode that you watched? Or, like, what about Mr. Echo, like, draws you to him? Well, I probably was just the the backstory that started it off there. Yeah. I mean, that's quite a way to be introduced to a character. And he was just, you know, staring down smoke monsters in the episode. <laughs> Badass. Pretty much anything he says, you just kind of just lean in and listen, you know? He's, he's just yeah. definitely a very interesting character. I totally agree. He's very intriguing. Like, when... That's a really good point. Sort of when he speaks, you do pay attention. Mm -hmm. Because the the deliberate way that he speaks, he chooses his words very carefully, so you know that everything coming out of his mouth is important. And that's what I think was such a stark difference between current Echo and flashback Echo. Mm -hmm. Is, like, to me, they kind of looked like two totally different people. Mm -hmm. Because of the way that he spoke. Yeah. I... Another thing that I learned from the commentary slash watching some interviews with Adewale was that he often, like, he has a very English, almost Cockney accent, and that's really, because uh, <laughs> he, he was born in Nigeria and then was adopted in Britain, I believe, is how that worked out for him, but, um... So, of course, so obviously he has an English accent, but he is from Nigeria. And almost all of the characters he plays are from Nigeria, are from Africa. Mm -hmm. And so another thing that makes Echo so great is that Adewale has already had so much experience working with that accent and with that sort of background Mm -hmm. that, like, he knows exactly what to do. Yeah. He's he's an incredible actor. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's true. Yeah. And he was recently, you told me, in Suicide Squad. In Suicide Squad. Which I find interesting. <laughs> Steven, did you see Suicide Squad? I, I have not seen Suicide Squad. I'll, I'll have to check that out. 
Honestly, me neither. I can't, I can't recommend it. Yeah. But (laughs) if you've got some time and you're like, hey, I don't have any standards for this movie, check it out. (laughs) Pretty much if something has a lost actor in it, I will watch it. uh, Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Wait, okay, so did you watch Person of Interest? I didn't. Um, That's one of the, (gasps) I wanted to, I obviously love Michael Emerson, but yeah. It's on. It's on the the agenda to watch sometime yeah, in the future, same. but I have never watched it. Okay, good. I, I'm glad that it's on your list. It is one of my favorite shows of all time, and there's a bunch of little lost actors that pop up through it. Yeah. I definitely did watch the hundred because of Desmond. Yeah, that's that's basically why I did yeah. that too. Yeah. I was like, okay, an actor from Person of Interest and an actor from Lost are in this show. This sounds great to me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so heading back into the Michael storyline, who we completely forgot about immediately, Whoops. um, which is fair. Josh, yeah, so Josh was uncomfortable with his hair, and Sawyer was saying that he could cut his own hair. No, he, And I just no, think that's can't. a lie. No, he can't. <laughs> I just think it would look almost like Charlie's hair if he, yes. <laughs> if he were to do it. Um, and she's Sawyer like- Sawyer can barely shave. Oh, that's why he's growing the beard out. I'm convinced of this. He just doesn't know how. He's just like, I'm too lazy to do it. Yeah. And Kate says that everyone loves him now, and he's like, um, that's a lie. And then Hurley comes over. Bullpucky. Thank you. And then Hurley walks over, and he's like, hey, Sawyer, I'm so glad to see you. Like, I'm so glad that you are well. (laughs) And Sawyer's like, no! (laughs) (laughs) The thing I like about Sawyer is, like, someone showed him affection, and he doesn't understand how to, like, accept that affection, so he's just like, no, Pillsbury. (laughs) He just insults him immediately. Well, that's interesting, too, is it's just like, you know, it's kind of a played as a joke in this moment that it's just like, oh, Sawyer doesn't accept people's affection, doesn't accept compliments. Oh, but like, you know, when you like boil it down to it, like that's pretty sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sad existence he's lived and we all recognize that for he, sure. He like, he sees an act of kindness and he's like, so what do you want from me? Yeah. <laughs> Someone's nice to him and he's like, so who is that for? <laughs> you idiot. Oh. And then Michael comes over and asks for Kate's shift down in the hatch and i mean if i was kate she's like oh so you're gonna go take my work shift so that i can hang out with my boyfriend some more and play games and make jokes okay shucks (laughs) if you insist (laughs) like it's so weird to me that she isn't just like yes nice go ahead for sure Oh, she can't be that obvious in front sawyer that's true yeah that would give him far too much ammo oh absolutely yeah um, and so she's like, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead, take it. And Michael's just like, oh, by the way, like, Sawyer, I'm glad that, you know, you're okay and everything. Like, I wonder, like, it was so sweet, those two. Like, you know, when Sawyer passed out and Michael was, like, holding him and everything <laughs> and, like, looking into his eyes and, like, saying, like, we'll save you and everything. Like, I wonder if Michael was just like, we'll try and save you, but I'm not thinking about the future and how I'll definitely have to face you after, like, almost <laughs> kissing you just now. <laughs> Or when, like, they were randomly attacked by a shark for yeah. a whole <laughs> Those two have been through some stuff now. Oh, that shark, like, I know it was well done, but it makes me laugh every time. Yeah. The whole episode is, like, this metaphorical slash actual shark attacking them. And so now, he's like, oh, by the way, like, you know, I'm glad to see you, I'm glad you're okay. And Sawyer's just like, okay, okay, <laughs> um, bye, I guess. Like, it's, it's... It was easier for him to be like, yeah, whatever, Hurley, but And now Michael's like, hey, I'm being super genuine with you. And he's like, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Plus, 
knows he can't bully him because his kid's missing. Yeah. <laughs> Michael has, like, a no-bullying past. Yeah. And then, yeah, Sawyer's just really embarrassed now. <laughs> it's what he deserves. It's true. Yeah. Um, so next episode, we, or next, ugh, frick, next scene, Michael is, like, down in the hatch, and it's so weird to me that he, like, has to be super secret, make sure nobody else is there, and I'm just like, you're literally just IMing. <laughs> it's not a Skype call. I don't know why there it needs to be a secret, but okay. I mean, I know why it needs to be a secret, but I don't know why you need, like, a, like total silence. No one else can be there. It's gotta concentrate. Typing's really hard. I guess that's true, because, like, you're specifically not supposed to use it for communication. Yeah. So if Locke was down there and Michael was like, click, 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 yeah. click, like, Michael would be like, or Locke would be like, um, what's up? What, what are you doing over there? So, never mind. Yeah. Okay, so, Steven, I have a question for you, because... Because this was your first episode and then you went back and watched the first season, did you think that it was Walt that he was talking to, like, for real? Um, I, I, it always, I think, seemed like it was probably a, a trap of some sort. I, yeah, I don't think mm-hmm. I ever thought it was actually Walt. Um, Interesting. I like trying to figure that out because I read on Lostpedia that, like, at one point Damon and Carlton had said, like, that it was actually Walt. And I have a hard time what? believing that. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, always has been just, like, one of the others. And I always thought, like, Michael, you're being stupid. Oh. Well, I, I used to... Because, well... Sorry, I used to, used to listen to Damon and Carlton's podcast between every yeah. episode. And they lied a lot. Just, <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I think just to, th- just to throw people off... Um, yeah, th- there was a lot of lies in there. But. Okay, that makes me feel better, actually. Because, like, my whole thing is... <laughs> they lied a lot. That's so funny. When Michael talks on the computer, it says, hello. He says, hello. They say, who are you? And he says, this is Michael. And that's, like, my thing is, like, it was never clear that it was Walt until he said, hi, this is Michael. Because if it had been, like, oh, hi, this is Jack, they would have done something, like, if it was the others... They would have done something completely different if it, if it had been Jack. Yeah. You know, because it's Michael, they're like, nice, we'll pretend to be his son. If it had been like, hi, this is Locke, they would have been like, never mind. <laughs> I don't know. Like, if it had been like, hi, this is Charlie, they would have been like, ooh, let's promise them drugs. I don't know. But I think I just... they would have pretended to be people from their pasts or like... Oh. Oh, but would they have that knowledge? Um, the others? Yeah. 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 Totally. Okay. Yeah. So he's talking on the thing, no one else is there, and he's, like, not able to type until the other person types. I'm just wondering, like, what triggers being able to talk on there? Because we know last time that it had already just, it had been up there already, and we heard, like, the little beeps, Yeah. And Michael was like, hello, yes, it's me. But this time, like, he types a little bit, and nothing comes up, and then something comes up. So I'm just wondering, I mean, I, I don't think we'll ever actually know, but my question is, like, what do you think triggers the communication system? I think had there been instances in the past where they had, people had hit keys and just nothing happened at all, I believe. Yeah. So I get, my thought might be that um, that it was actually just because the others were looking for Michael might hmm. be what would, you know, allow the computer to be used. I'm not sure. Right. Like, I wonder if it's like, can they tell that somebody is, like, putting in... Thing, like, trying to type something, and then they're like, oh, here, now we can start talking. Like, I just don't, I don't understand the logistics, and I don't think we ever will or ever even get to... I might have one thought on there, but I think it might be a spoilery thought. So I'm not okay, gonna... make sure you write it down so you don't forget, because we're always like, hey, we're gonna remember, and then we don't. 
Do you, what were you going to say? Oh, no, I can't remember. What, what was I going to say? Oh, I always wondered if um, the hatch was kind of monitored. Oh, yeah, for, you like, know, like, from the, from, oh, yeah. Yeah, from, from, the, from the, the other the question mark. For, yes, yeah. from certain people <laughs> that we shan't speak about yeah. in this spoiler-free podcast. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. So, they're like, are you okay? Yes. Are you alone? Why would Walt ask that? Like, if if it is Walt, he's saying, are you alone? And if Michael was like, no, Jack's here, he'd be like, awesome, tell Jack blank. But he's saying, are you alone? And he says, yes. Like, that's almost certainly the others, right? That would be my reading of it. Oh, yeah. yeah I never considered that. Yeah. Like, why are you asking if he's alone? Yeah, if anything, you'd want more and more people to know where you were so that they could rescue you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And... Another thing that I wanted to point out is that I, I know that Walt is a special and smart kid, but he's got some pretty heckin' good grammar for a 10-year-old. <laughs> so, just saying. <laughs> Not like 10-year-olds now on the internet. Yeah. Um, so then Jack shows up. I think it's, like, kind of clear, but, like, why do you guys think that Michael isn't telling anybody about this? Why isn't he telling Jack? He didn't see the orientation video that said, don't communicate with like using the computer but for some reason he's still keeping it a secret and like jack is the person to tell if you're gonna tell so like why i, I think i might think it's that people have just been trying to stop him from going repeatedly that's and true every time he tries to to run after walt somebody chases him and tracks him down i mean that would be my thought yeah that would make sense is just basically he wants to keep his business his business because everyone else seems to think that they know best. Yeah. Especially Jack. Mm. So why not keep stuff from him? I do think that, like, this is a really good instance of good guy Jack. He's what? here. Well, he's here and he's saying, hey, like, I know that it might feel like to you that everyone's just kind of, like, ignoring your problem and ignoring that Walt is gone, but I just want you to know that, like, we haven't forgotten about him. And one day we'll, like, you know, very soon, hopefully, we'll all go and we'll try and get it back with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks. You down here alone? Yeah. Hurley's supposed to be here, but uh, I guess he's uh, running late. Well, listen. Uh, no one's forgotten about Walt. What? I can't. I don't have any idea what you must be going through, but... I just want you to know that as soon as we can, we're going to figure out a way to go out and bring him back. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks. You okay? Yeah, fine. Well, I'll leave you to it then. Thanks. It's, it's a great example of Jack getting better at his bedside manner, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Right, after Hurley, like, literally said to his face that it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you can always trust Hurley to be very honest. Yeah. And speaking of Hurley, Michael says, like, Jack is like, hey, are you, like, alone down here? And Michael says, oh, like, Hurley was supposed to be here, but he's not. Is that a lie? Yes. I think so. I think that's definitely a lie. And basically, Jack says, like, all that stuff, and it's just, I think it's very nice of him. And when he comes around the computer, it's blank now. How... I always wondered how that happened. If there are so such a little amount of 
things that you can do on that computer when like Michael doesn't even know how to trigger the messaging system. I don't know. It's like, I get it narratively, but like how logistically did that happen? <laughs> He's just turned the screen off. It really seemed like they focused on him not hitting any more keys as soon as Jack walked in. So yeah, I always wondered right. that too. Like, how did he get that off the screen? Change the screensaver. <laughs> Screensaver's just black now. <laughs> no, it, it actually just cuts to that old Microsoft screensaver where you're going through, like, a brick maze. Uh-huh. And that's all that, and, like, Jack's like, what are you doing? And Michael's just, like, sitting there, like, watching the screensaver being like, I'm going through this maze. Or, like, that thing that happens on The Office where they're just waiting for, like, the square to, like, hit the Touch corner. the corner, yeah. <laughs> they're like, well, there's nothing else to do on this island, yeah. so I'm just gonna stare at this screen. Um, so in the last episode in this, oh, frick, in the last scene in this storyline, um, we kind of have this sweet montage in which Sun and Jin, like, Jin introduces Sun to Anna, and then they give her a fish, and it's just, like, a nice peace offering, we forgive you moment. Mm-hmm. And then we have Hurley helping Libby, of course, um, which is the beginning of that relationship, and Sawyer's, like, really feeling himself, really likes his haircut, <laughs> And he and Kate are being real cute about it. Like, I'm almost certain that, like, half of the time when Sawyer and Kate are being, like, cutesy and just, like, having fun doing cute banter stuff, that's just Evie and Josh. Yeah, probably. Like, just having fun and being cutesy. Not that Evie and Josh were ever a thing. Evie Evie dated Dom, actually. Wait, what? Yeah. For, like, a long time. I don't know what to do with that information. Let me look it up. Hold on. I did not know that eventually Lily and... Dominic That's that, uh, yeah, well. yeah, I think that did happen. I completely forgot that. <gasps> I, I do remember hearing that. No way! Partner, Dominic Monaghan, 2004 to 2009. Wow. That's wow. five years. That's like the entirety of Lost, dude. Holy crap, I didn't even know it was that long. Okay. Even after spoiler thoughts. Yeah. That is um surprising. I'm Googling pictures of them. <laughs> I may have already done that. (laughs) Oh my god, this is so weird! They're holding hands! Yeah, that's so weird. What the heck, dude? How did that come about? (laughs) I'm so weirded out. I mean, support them, but like, it's just strange. Yeah. I'm not looking at pictures, but now I'm just curious. It seems like she would be much taller than him. Is that... Does that look true? You know, I'm looking at the pictures of them together, and they're almost exactly the same height. Weirdly. Let's just be him playing a hobbit that has thrown off my impression of his height then. Right? And then she's a superhero, so you're, like, automatically, like, bringing her up. And he's traipsing around the jungle with Mr. Echo. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so true. So, he always just kind of seems small in comparison. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, Jack walks up and is just like, Sorry to interrupt your cutesy time. It's time for me. (laughs) To give Sawyer some antibiotics or painkillers or whatever. And they're like, oh, hey, thanks. <laughs> so we kind of had a conversation on our last episode um, about what Kate did. And talking about how her view of Sawyer and her view of Wayne was very skewed. And how she kind of like saw a lot of Wayne in Sawyer, obviously. Which is so weird. Which is weird. And then, you know, obviously she like tries and she immediately dispels that 
from herself after like he wakes up and he's not Wayne and he says who's Wayne and all this other stuff. Yeah, she's like, I don't think you're my dad. And now she can like <laughs> let it go or whatever. And that's why I think like this is the start of like the real like skate relationship. And so that's why I think that like now that she's kind of let that go, she's able to embrace like the relationship that she really wants to have with Sawyer. Oh, okay. <gasps> I'm, I'm crying. <laughs> I love them so much. I respect it. Like when she kissed Jack last episode, it was in the midst of her being like, I can't date Sawyer, he's my dad. And so she's like, I'll kiss Jack. And now, like, Jack is like, um, what happened? We literally kissed last episode. And she's like, I'm in Sawyer right now. What? Why did they do this to Kate? I don't know. <sighs> yeah, I have no thoughts. They can't, like, she has so many other plot lines, but they just stick her in the middle of a love triangle. And I'm like, please stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, so those are all my thoughts on that tiny first storyline we've got there. Does anybody else have any? Um... No? Okay. How about you, Steven? Yeah, not not really. Okay, cool. Yeah, we want to talk about Echo, so we... Yeah, I was going to say, he's just going to talk about Echo. <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about uh, the whole Echo and Charlie thing now. So, Echo is carving in his stick and everything, and Claire comes up. Why do you think Claire decided to talk to Echo that day? Maybe just, he was just sitting there, and you're on an island. There's only... You've talked to everybody else quite a bit. You haven't talked to this guy a lot. Yeah, he, like, just showed up, so, like, I don't know, I guess she's interested. My whole thing is it's just like I think that maybe Jin or Michael or Sawyer or whoever, my, I mean my first thought is Jin but also he doesn't speak English, um, like told Claire like, oh that's Echo or maybe like, oh there was a deleted scene last episode where Claire had a conversation with Libby. Like maybe Libby said, oh yeah and maybe she talked to Bernard obviously because Bernard knows Rose. She had said like, oh that's Mr. Echo, you know, he's yeah. kind, like he's somebody you can talk to and, and whatever. So that's why I think she probably like went over there I guess. But so she goes over and she's like, hi, like, nice to meet you. Um, this, hi, I'm Claire. This is Aaron. And Aaron was the brother of Moses and spoke for him because Moses had a hard time speaking. So you're Echo, huh? Yes. Claire. And this is Aaron. Aaron. The brother of Moses. Yeah, that must have been tough to live up to, right? Pressure of everyone saying, why can't you be more like your brother Moses? Yes, I'm sure it was. Why did you choose it? I don't know. I just liked it. Aaron was a great man. Moses had great difficulty speaking. So it was Aaron who spoke for him. Anybody's listening who has <laughs> more thoughts on this, please go ahead and call in because I don't. <laughs> like, I don't know things about the scripture. Yeah. I, I went to Catholic school for 12 years, and I gotta say, oh. I, I don't remember that story. <laughs> I do. <laughs> okay, perfect. I was like, oh, perfect. Oh, okay, never mind, never mind, it's all good. <laughs> no, all good. No, sorry. <laughs> I, th that does not ring a bell. Um, and so he's like, why did you choose it? Oh, because, oh, she just liked it. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and she's like, oh, you should talk to Charlie because he seems to be really religious. Um, there's actually a blooper for this scene in which she just keeps saying religious and she is gets mad. <laughs> Fun fact. Religious? Religious. She keeps saying religious and she's like, that's not the word! That's really cute of her, but also, like, I can't stop thinking about the fact that 
I think Claire came into this conversation with an agenda. Ooh, tell me, tell me. Because she had heard from someone that he was a religious person. Because she brings up the Virgin Mary statue. So I think she... Right. I, I think that she might have heard something about, you know, maybe the priest that was with them and thought, okay, I'm gonna go find out what this Virgin Mary statue means. Right, here, let me check what she says exactly real quick. Um... What are you writing? Things I need to remember. That's also an important thing, is mm-hmm. that he feels like he needs to remember the things that he's writing down, which is a lot of scripture, mostly. Do you mind if I sit, please? So your Echo, and this is Aaron. Why did you choose it? Oh, the reason why she says, so you're religious, is because he starts talking about Moses. Oh, okay, okay, never mind. Then. So, I mean, two things can be true. Yeah. Though. So, yeah, okay. So he's like, oh, I want to see your Virgin Mary statue. And so she's like, oh, yeah, he found it in the jungle. And he starts getting really, like, angry at her. And she's like, whoa. First of all, I think that she was told that he was nice and she should talk to him. Mm -hmm. So she did. And then he starts yelling at her. And he's really tall and really threatening and kind of scary when he's angry. Like, I don't know. That's just, like, it was kind of a scary moment. I don't know if he came up as angry in that scene so much as, like, very intense. Yeah, but I still think that'd be scary. Yeah, I think it's an intimidating moment just because, like, you know, Claire's track record with men on the island has been not great. Yeah. But I definitely think that Echo, Echo in this whole episode, I wish spoke more just to explain himself a little bit more, but of course that would take, you know, the conflict out of things. But it was fascinating to see that he was far more gentle with Claire and then when he got to the root of the problem, which is Charlie, he just, like, let loose. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he was like, uh-uh, you're, like, this is, like, a heroin addict. I know all about you. I know how to deal with you. Mm. Like, not really understanding that, like, Charlie's his own person. Right. Um, and so he breaks it open and finds that there's heroin inside. And the other thing I wanted to point out about this scene is that Claire absolutely has mascara on, and <laughs> I think that's not okay. <laughs> It's just not, like, they're like, oh, Sawyer gets a haircut, but Claire has mascara. That's not allowed. They're all fully wearing makeup, though. The anyway, thing that I noticed just about this clear. scene is that I had no idea what heroin looked like, because to me, that just looked like a bag of sand. It's brown sugar is what they use. Oh. Fun fact. Ooh. But is that what heroin looks like? Does anyone here know what heroin looks like? <laughs> sure, let's look it up. No, don't look that up. Alexa. Don't look that up. Oh, she's listening. What does heroin look like? Alexa, what does heroin look like? Sorry, I'm not sure. She doesn't want to tell me. You can't me. ask an Amazon product about, it, you know, illegal substances. I hate to bring it to you. I don't know. What does heroin look like? Sorry, what? I don't know if that's what it looks like, but I did have a major issue with the fact that Charlie just tore up the bag of stuff that looked like sand and dropped it in the sand. Oh my gosh. In the area where the baby slept. It didn't seem like that was the best plan. Yeah, that's, um, entirely irresponsible, because if she didn't want him sleeping near them, he was just like, hey, just a second, rips it open. Well, like, yeah, because the only thing I was thinking about with that was that, you know, the reason why he's ripping it open is because he has so many other ones, so he doesn't yeah. care, right? But, yeah, I didn't even think about, like, where the heroin actually goes. Dropped it right in her room, right, right there. <laughs> oh my god, that's so true. So it looks like heroin is mostly white powder, usually. Oh. But it can also be brown. Oh, alright. Uh, so yeah, that is what it looks like. Then we have Charlie and Jin fishing. Fishing. (laughs) Charlie and Jin are fishing. And Charlie is singing a song by the Kinks. And Jin says in Korean, Because of you, the fish run away. (laughs) He's like, because your singing sucks. (laughs) 
and now the fish won't come. And Charlie's like, I know I'm a great singer, right? Charlie is like back to being kind of delightful in this episode just for him to like go back to being garbage. So I'm like, what's up? Oh yeah, okay, so no, but that in itself is like an interesting opinion to talk mm. about. Steven, what did you think of Charlie in season two overall in comparison to season one? Well, since I, I started with season two and mm-hmm. started with this episode, so um, without any spoiler thoughts, there's an episode coming up soon that really doesn't paint him in the best light. Um, mm-hmm. So then, yeah, going back and watching him in season one was was kind of different. Uh, but I, I, I did like him from, from the start, you know, probably just the, the comic relief of him. Yeah. But, but yeah, he definitely had some some moments here in the second season that were, were not good. Because mm-hmm. I'm always curious, because to me, he feels like such a different character yeah. from season one. In terms of like, you know, in season one, he's really working hard and he's sort of got a purpose and he's got addiction and stuff. And in this one, especially in these first couple episodes, he kind of puts his, you know, all his problems on other people and doesn't take responsibility for any of his actions, which feels like a backslide to me. Yeah. From season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right Right about this episode, it definitely kind of seems like he, he is relapsing. Uh, mm-hmm. def- definitely comes across that way. But perhaps... And now that we've seen the statues, we can sort of discuss it more freely, but perhaps this is what Charlie's like when he's trying to hide an addiction. Maybe that's just like, that behavior causes hostility and anger in him, and so he's pushing those things outward to push everyone away so that no one questions what he's doing in private. Yeah, that's a possibility. But yeah, I think otherwise, Charlie is a hard character to like in this season. Yeah, I agree. So Echo shows up, and he says, oh, like, I found them in the jungle. And Jin comes over, like, trying to defend Charlie and says, what is it? Which is, like, almost a direct translation of what he kind of means, which is nice. Yeah. So rarely do the translations actually match. Yeah, he comes in, he goes, sup? <laughs> What's your deal, bro? Um, That's totally what he says. Yeah. <laughs> and Echo says, it's not your business. And Jin's like, I don't know Jin, what you Jin's said. Like, I don't <laughs> speak English. I'm so sorry. <laughs> And also, Echo knows that. So. <laughs> he's like, we're we're not compatible. I'm yeah. sorry. So he's like, let's go. And he's like, okay, yeah, no problem. We'll go in the morning. And he's like, no, um, we're going to go, go right now. But also, like, there's so much daylight left. Like, they literally make it, like, before the night hits. So I'm like, you wanted to go in the morning. Why? Oh, it probably I th- is the morning. Oh, I think so that he could get a head start and get oh, rid totally. of all the statues. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, also, he was going to go anyway. And also because I think to Charlie, he wants to do stuff on his own terms. Right. And this dude that he... I mean, to be absolutely fair to Charlie, this big dude that he doesn't know has just walked up to him and started bossing him around, outed his addiction, and he's like, um, this isn't a great situation so far for me, I'm gonna say. Totally. Like, I doubt he's even said one word to Echo. Yeah! (laughs) Or Echo's even said one word to him yet. Like, Claire literally says, oh, you should talk to Charlie, and Echo says, where's Charlie? And he's like, I don't even know which one Charlie is! (laughs) And so, he's like, let's go. Um, well, I have to tell Claire because I don't want her to get the wrong idea. And, of course, this comes back mm-hmm. a little bit later. Um, and shows how flippant intelligent Echo is. Totally. He's logging every word of this conversation. Exactly. And that's just like um, in the flashback where he's saying, like, here's a whole monologue as to why you need me to buy this heroin yep. from you. This is why it's a favor and yep. not and not a transaction like that. But a couple episodes ago, Locke said, I don't want you to get the wrong idea to Charlie. Oh. Um, about Claire. So, I mean, I don't know. that He's just using the same language that he's been shown. I like that, though. 
So Charlie goes and talks to Claire, and obviously she's upset. And honestly, like, Charlie seems pretty genuine in this moment. Yeah. But he's fully lying. (laughs) She remembers that he has told her that he used to be an addict. And something that I think says something good about Claire is that, like, people get second chances, Mm -hmm. you know? And so she knows that even though he used to be an addict and it was pretty bad for him, he is trying to be better and obviously he's not using anymore. Mm -hmm. And so she was willing to live with him and be beside him all the time and, you know, be his friend, be his, you know, girlfriend-ish kind of right at this moment. (laughs) But as soon as she learns that he potentially, slash she probably believes he is, still using, that's when it's like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is fair. Absolutely fair. Especially because he fully lies to her. And yeah, he says he didn't know. He like rips it up and she's like, Echo's waiting for you. Ouch. Cool. So Charlie's mad at Echo because he got him in trouble with Claire. And he says- man doesn't take responsibility for own actions. Yeah. (laughs) And he says to Echo, oh right, that's right. You don't do happy. You don't even know him. What is this- (laughs) It's like, you don't do happy. It's like, well, I mean, told you that. You've known him for, right now. You've known him for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he's like, well, here's the tree. Uh, this is where I found it. Just right Charlie's here at this such tree. such a bad liar. And Echo's like, um, what? <laughs> and he's like, yep, right here. Right here. The first yeah, yep. Yeah. I, I don't know. Why are you questioning me? Clearly it was right here, <laughs> obviously. And there were no other ones. And so Echo's just like, um... No, no, you're lying. And, like, my first thought was, like, oh, well, how does he know that he's lying? But it's because Charlie sucks at lying. Yeah. (laughs) He's got, like, shifty eyes. And because Echo has spent his whole life, like, as as a drug dealer, he knows when people are lying. Yeah. Especially when addicts are lying. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's like, listen, I don't even know you, so I don't have to do anything you tell me to do. And, of course, then he starts threatening. And, of course, Echo isn't a violent person at no. this point in his life. But these are extenuating circumstances. He's trying to find his brother. Yeah. Which, of course, is, like, the most important person to him. Mm-hmm. And I assume it's, like, hard to believe that Yemi would have survived that plane. But it's the island. But, it, well, I mean, that's the thing is, it's, like, for Echo, it'd be hard to believe that Yemi would have survived getting shot and then being put in this plane for however long. Especially because I don't know if it was ever confirmed whether or not, like, at least to him, whether or not the plane landed and whether or not the Mm. drugs were actually delivered. I feel like maybe he might be wondering whether his brother is actually still alive. And this is, like, the day when he finally gets to learn whether or not, whether or not he's, he's died or not. I never thought about it. Yeah, I, I, what do me you neither until just now. Yeah, I didn't really think about that. But yeah, there was a long a long time between when that plane took off and when they got on that island. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did some math and I think it was about three years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, then perhaps Echo's search for his brother isn't so much looking for his brother as it is looking for, like, concrete closure yeah. of something that he'd already assumed. Yeah. Because, I mean, if he's hearing about this crashed plane, I think his assumption is no one really survived that crash. Yeah. And he wouldn't, I mean, given his life experience, I don't think he would have reason to believe anything else because there's not a lot of optimism in his life. Like, I mean, obviously we'll talk about this in the spoiler section, but, like, Goldie pushed him out of the plane, I'm guessing, just so that he could get, like, soul money for all of the heroin, Mm -hmm. considering that their other friend was shot Mm -hmm. and also Yummy was shot. But if Yemi didn't survive, like, if if Yemi did survive, Echo would assume that Yemi would have gotten a hold of him, especially yeah. with things that we know 
that Echo did immediately following this. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, poor Echo. Yeah. And, and like, considering the things that he does, potentially, and I can't remember exactly if he says that he's doing it in the memory of his brother, mm-hmm. or if he's just doing it in his honor. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, how did you even know about the plane? Because he had said, like, take me to the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you know about the plane? And, of course, you know, if you're watching live, you don't know how he knows about the plane. You're like, whoa, this guy's crazy! <laughs> um, but he seems to know everything everything. Then Echo talks about how Charlie fully lied to Claire because he does some deducting skills. How'd you know about the plane, man? It's old, you know. Been out in the jungle for years. Of course, you would know that. You know everything. Why did you lie to the girl? What? You told her you did not know what was inside the statue. I wasn't lying. Then what is the wrong idea? What? When I showed you the broken pieces of plaster, you said you did not want her to get the wrong idea. What is the wrong idea? I don't have to tell you anything, man. You come traipsing across the island and what? Suddenly now you're in charge? You want me to take you to your plane? You best start treating me with some respect. I'm not just some guy you can just tri- Charlie says that he should be treated with respect. And I'm like, that's fair, but also you, you're you a liar. You've lied to him like four billion times today. Yeah, I don't- I don't know. Stephen, what do you think? Well, I think it's another in a long line of Charlie looking for respect on the island. And yeah, that's he's, fair. He, it's kind of been an ongoing theme of his. And, but yeah, I mean- I don't, I don't think Echo is treating him unrespectfully, considering what he knows. Mm-hmm. Well, another thing is, it's just like, as soon as Echo says, like, oh, he's my brother, later this episode, Charlie immediately is just like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And now, like, he's suddenly like, okay, now I know. Yeah, he... Why he's been so I think weird. the interesting thing is, like, Charlie probably would have done it if Echo had told him from the get-go, yeah. I'm looking for my brother. Yeah. But Echo deliberately chooses not to, but because I think there is a lack of respect there. I think he sees Charlie as a junkie that he doesn't see as entirely human. And so over the course of the episode, he sees Charlie's humanity and he's like, okay, like, this is someone that I actually can talk to, which is what leads to the sort of the, the tenderness of that final scene with them. Right. Yeah. And maybe also Echo has a reputation even on this island for being a religious man, for being, like, a good person, uh, in quotation marks, a la Goodwin, <laughs> but, um, he, if he came out and said, oh, Charlie, the reason why I'm looking for this Mary statue is because I put drugs in Mary statues, and there was, like, a whole bunch of them in this plane, um, that I was trying to smuggle out of Nigeria, so that's why I'm looking for it. <laughs> Charlie would have been like, oh, cool, and then everyone would have known he was a freaking drug lord. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Even better, he would have been like, cool joke, bud. Like, he doesn't believe Curly <laughs> is a millionaire. That's true! So, every- <laughs> you went around in a circle and been like, okay, everyone, like, what are your occupations? And Hurley's like, I'm a millionaire. And Echo's like, I don't know, I'm a drug lord. And he'll be like, haha, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then we get our very first look at the smoke monster. Just kind of, oh. like, creeping around and such. And something that I learned from the commentary is that the soundscapes that they had been using for the monster were they wanted to use familiar noises so the noise that i always pick out is like when you're going up a roller coaster 
like at the very beginning when you're like going up the oh yeah, that's click, what you click, hear click. that's what i that's the one that i always pick out which one do you hear steven well uh, i hear the the one that they talked about in the commentary too the mm-hmm. the taxi cab thing but only because i've heard them say that so that's what i hear yeah now but yeah it does definitely sound like a roller coaster yeah it was the taxi cab receipt thing like with the like the ch- ch- that's i always is. hear a rattlesnake oh that's what I thought that's what that sound was, was the ch- ch- I thought that was a rattlesnake. I mean, it could sound like one, but yeah. they said that they specifically took that from a ca- taxi cab receipt. And so they wa- they were saying that, like, they would have people in New York walking around hearing mm-hmm. that and being like, <gasps> that's what they wanted. That's cool. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like when you find out that the sounds of the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park are just dogs. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait. Yeah. Just slow down or what? Like, there's this one part... Steven, have you seen Jurassic Park? Yes. Okay. So there's this one part where the T-Rex um, is catches a gallimimus and is, like, starting to eat it. And the soundscape is actually just the sound designer's dog chewing a toy. <laughs> oh, cute. <laughs> like, it's just that. a dog. <laughs> I love that. And so, uh, next scene, um, Charlie wants to take a break and he's like, no. <laughs> And Charlie is saying that the reason why he started doing drugs is because of his brother. And he was a good person. He, like, you know, went to church. He was an altar boy, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, this means stuff to Echo. Yeah. And such because religion. But something that's really interesting about the reason why they put Charlie and Echo together is not only because they have this, like, religious connection, but also because a lot of characters on this show have daddy issues, but Charlie and Echo specifically have brother issues. I never thought about that. It's, like, all about their brothers with them. Mm -hmm. definitely relate. Yeah. And both of us were kind of talking about this a couple days ago. We were saying that, like, almost, like, a lot of the characters on this show are only children. There is a very small amount of characters that even have siblings of the main characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we we sort of went down the roster, and most people had uh, brothers. Right! You know, I said when we were talking about this that Hurley was an only child, and that's not true. He had a brother, but we just, we only hear about him once. Yeah. So. But really, the biggest brother duos are probably these two and then Shannon and Boone. Right. And of course, those two are dead by now, so. Yeah, Charlie and his brother, Echo and his brother, Shannon Shannon and Boone. Yeah. Ada Wally, I just have some fun facts about what Ada Wally brought, like, brought to the, um, forefront with his like additions to the script mm-hmm. is that he's the one who came up with the stick wow yeah and then carlton said that they would have stick flashbacks in season three was was that a lie yeah yes Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> was it was a joke and then they see the parachute and of course you know this is a bringing it back to deus ex machina as well because boone and Locke found goldie in the tree in 119 yeah and he says this is the man that saved my life would I say he saved your life? I mean, I guess technically, but it was for his own selfish reasons. Like, he wasn't being like, I will die so that you do not have to, Echo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, why would you? I mean, I guess, you know, it's supposed to be dramatic, but I'm like, seriously? <laughs> I don't know, fam. Maybe he was grateful to to Goldie all these three years afterwards for doing that. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Yeah, he's like, thanks, I'm not dead. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he, he begins to pray over Goldie's body, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And um, he, or Charlie notices the scripture on his stick and asks whether they were both priests. 
Kind of, I guess. Like, technically, yes, but... If Echo had been given a proper childhood... Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he would have done. Yeah. Yeah, he, like, picked up on what he was missing. Yeah. Yeah. I think Echo's course was always meant to be, like, a man of peace. Yeah. And he was forced into something else because he was a good and loyal brother. Yeah. Aw. Um, so Charlie gets lost... And he's like, well, last time that I found the plane, I was with Saeed. It was nighttime, and also a bag of rocks fell on me immediately after that, so I don't know. I'm like, you know what? That's fair. That's totally fair. <laughs> Charlie's had a series of bad days on the island. Like, the person that Echo really needed, like, I understand why it's Charlie, obviously, but the person who Echo could have used was either Saeed or Locke, who yeah. both know how to get there, but instead he's just like, I need the least qualified person to take me. <laughs> Poor Echo. So he's like, okay, well, why don't you climb the tree and find the plane? Okay. He's like, why don't you climb the tree? Okay. Why do we think that Echo was just like, you have to climb the tree? I feel like Echo's just like, I don't know, he's a large person. Like, I feel like he's like, I w- it's probably hard for him to climb trees. He's not Evangeline. Why? Oh, do you have a funny joke about it? I don't, I just kind of like assumed he, <laughs> he was thinking of Charlie as like his lackey. Oh, yeah. So he's like. And he's used to bossing people around. So you're tiny like, and sprightly. Yeah, oh. yeah, go do it. Yeah. And he's like, so if I don't, are you going to beat me with your Jesus stick? <laughs> I love how it's like, that seems like such a thing that like Sawyer would say. Oh, it does. So I think that's just funny. Considering that Charlie might potentially team up with Sawyer for something later this season. Hmm, hmm. That sounds like a teaser. Yeah. And there's dried blood on it. So cute. And he's like, what kind of priest are you even? And he's like, not a good one. <laughs> he's like, kind of a brand new one. I don't know. I'm doing my best. <laughs> he's, he's learning. Yeah. <laughs> and so we see the monster for the first time. And he's like, why didn't the... I mean, we see when they do kind of like the shot where they like go through the monster. If you pause it, like it's hard to see. But if you pause it and go frame by frame, like some people have done, mm-hmm. you can see there are like photos slash pictures of people potentially from Echo's past and like we know that we that they had like season six plans for Echo and so they were probably planning on bringing some of these characters back at some point and they never got a chance to. So my question for Steven because you wound up watching this live after this is what did you think that the smoke monster was at this point? Well um that's a darn good question. (laughs) At this point I, I had absolutely no idea um, yeah, I, I can't remember what I what theories I would have had at the time, but none of them were anywhere close to correct, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was such a wild We time. can all relate to that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, definitely the moment of him just staring down the smoke was, was definitely quite an introduction to the island. Yeah, what was that moment where you were just like, okay, I'm going to keep watching? Like, like, was it around this moment? It, it was that moment and probably the very first scene when, Echo <clears throat> stepped in for his brother. That that's yeah. Yeah. just the very first scene was pretty much did it there. Yeah, it just demonstrates such a unbreakable loyalty mm-hmm. and self sacrificial sort of person. Yeah, it's it perfectly. That's a perfect way to sum up a character very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially because he does that like as a as a kid. As a kid. Yeah, yeah. It really like yeah. Totally, I agree. Um, and so he says the reason why it didn't kill him, potentially, was that is because he was not afraid of it. I, I actually think it's funny. He's like, what did you do? And he goes, oh, I didn't, I did nothing. <laughs> cool, great, thanks. Like, Charlie's like, but why did you do nothing? Yeah. It's like, I don't know, I just, well, no, didn't feel like it. This, 
But the stuff that Echo's seen is just, like, that's the least of my worries, honestly. Yeah. And honestly, I... I mean, obviously, a lot of this is going to be, like, some spoiler section questions um, as to, like, why the smoke didn't kill Echo. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll probably defer that to that. But I think you could even guess even here is if you don't show fear, the smoke monster doesn't have an interest in hurting you. Well, the same thing happened to Locke in yeah. season one. We didn't see exactly what it was, but it didn't kill Locke either. Yeah, I think that even at this point, when you, if you were watching spoiler-free... You could safely surmise if you don't show fear, the smoke monster will not hurt you. Locke, you know, Locke said when he looked at it, it was beautiful. But going back and watching the scene where he looked at the monster, he definitely seemed like he was showing some fear. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought that he had a very different reaction than Mister Echo had, and yeah, that does make you wonder why why the monster reacted the way it did. But it is quite telling that it's Locke and Echo who are sort of yeah. the most faith-based people that that's, the monster doesn't mess with. That's so interesting, because, like, I wonder if one of the things that made it beautiful to him, now that we know it's just, like, literally a pillar of black smoke, yeah. and, like, I get why that's beautiful, but I wonder if the reason why it was beautiful is because he saw those images of people from his past in it. Mm-hmm. And it sort of reminded him of, like, what he's he doesn't have to go back to, because he has a purpose now, you know? Right, it reminded him of, of everything he's been through. Yeah. And how great his life has actually been, maybe. Exactly. Like, although some terrible things have happened to him, like, some of, a lot of pieces of it, like, his relationship with Helen and everything, were all really great. Yeah. So, Charlie's like, why didn't you run? And he's like, I don't know. Meh. <laughs> Whatever. And he's like, cool, so did you see the plane? And he's like, yeah, it's, like, over there. And he's like, okay, cool, bye. <laughs> Just, like, leaves. We're So we're done here. <laughs> Um, so they find the plane and it's upside down from when Boone fell off of it, fell within it, I guess. Oh, Boone. Yeah. And one of my favorite things about this is that we see, right before this, the flashback where Echo has put a bloody handprint on the side of the plane. And then we get the moment where we see him, like, see the dried handprint. Where, so it's like, this 100% for sure in his mind, even if he doesn't find Yummy in there, this was the plane. Yeah, it, he has the... <laughs> but, what, you think there's just like another plane with another set of Virgin Mary yeah. statues in it? He's like, oh, this must be a different one. Someone yeah. else had another idea. Yeah, they had the same idea. Damn, I thought this was an original one. But the plane was nowhere near where it should have been. So I could see where it was... There could be some doubt there. How in the world it, that plane would have got there? Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder, like, what was going through Echo's mind when the plane wound up there, of all places? Like, it has to be some sort of fate for him. Yeah. There's a cat trying to eat my headphone cord <laughs> right now. Let let him eat it! No, it's expensive! Let him eat it! He These wants his neck! These were expensive headphones! He's beautiful, let him do what he wants. Kobe! <laughs> so... One of the things is, so he finds Yummy, and he knows that it's definitely Yummy because it has, like, Echo's necklace. And he, like, reclaims the necklace and reclaims, like, the the future that he was meant to have, which I think is really nice because, you know, obviously it's very symbolic. Yeah. But one of the things is that the corpse that he picks up has, like, a full head of hair, bro. <laughs> and Yummy was bald. <laughs> the sentence of full head of hair, bro. It's true. <laughs> Like, how long was it? I mean, like, it's known 
question mark that your hair continues to grow after you die. Uh-huh. So like maybe that's what happened. But also I'm like, how long were you in the air for that you that your hair grew so much? Oh my god, I figured it out. Oh. This is where the manifest people went. Oh yeah, the people from manifest. Yeah, yeah. That that time actually did pass for them. So that's a, like, why don't we bring that up? There's a new show. It's called Manifest. At this point, there we've we've watched two episodes. Like we know that this episode, I believe, like that we're. That Are you we're watching Manifest, right Steven? I watched the first episode. Haven't seen the second one. Yeah. What'd you think of it? I liked it. I liked it. Um, yeah, definitely need to see a little bit more to make a decision, but. I liked it. It has some some intriguing mysteries that are different enough from Lost that I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I think, because this, this episode of the podcast we're recording right now, I think goes up, like, end of November, beginning of, of December. But right now we're kind of speaking on just watching the first episode slash the second episode. And it's very clear that it, like, even from the promo slash them telling us what the concept was for it, everyone was like, why is this Lost? <laughs> You're just using, like, it's not exactly like Lost, but um, but it's very similar. I expected to dislike it because I thought it was going to be too close, but it is far enough away, in my opinion, yeah. that, that I will keep watching and see what happens next. I would say so. Yeah. So now we have Echo finally realizing that it was his brother, finally, and he's got a very realistic cry. I just want to shout out to Adewale. And one thing that they were saying in the commentary is that this, like, beard that Echo has grown and has, like, these two little braids on the bottom, (laughs) they were saying that it symbolizes the two others that he killed. What? And that's why later he, like, cuts them off and hands them to somebody in particular. What? Yeah. No! That's what they said. No! What do you mean? They're the writers! That's so dumb! <laughs> it, it is dumb, but that's what it is. No, I don't... Here's the thing. I reject that because I think it's dumb. Okay, that's fair. And he asks for Yemi's forgiveness. Oh. But he takes the cross necklace back and reveals to Charlie that it was his brother. And now Charlie, like, finally understands why they've been through this whole thing. And it's just like, I be- if I was Charlie, I'd be like, why didn't you tell me that in the first place? It's like that scene from The Wedding Singer <laughs> where, where Adam Sandler goes, information that would have been useful to me yesterday! Charlie, Just, Charlie is always up for an adventure, so pretty much all he would have had to do was ask him to go, and he would have done it. That's a good point! Totally. Charlie does like to be included and do stuff. Wow, that's so true. But I mean, Echo doesn't know that about him. That's true, that's also true. Echo's like, I must find this person to boss around. <laughs> but one thing is that I think... Echo's, like, big line, I think, last episode was, don't mistake coincidence for fate. And there's no way this is coincidence. I think Echo knows that this is fate. Yep. And I just wonder, like, what that means to him, you know? Hmm. Like, knowing that, like, they were both meant to end up on this island. Like, did he think that... And we kind of talked about this in the other 48 days, which is actually the episode that I'm editing right now while we're, uh at this time, is that Sarah brings up that what if the reason why Echo was almost taken at the beginning, uh, like on that very first night, is because they think that he, because he's supposed to be Yemi. (gasps) And Yemi is a good person. And then after those two weeks, they don't try and take Echo again, because they now know that he's Echo, and not Yemi. I like that. Yeah. Shout out to Sarah for thinking of that one. I don't know if it's entirely plausible. Yeah. Because I think certain people... Like Burger King? Yeah. Or even the middleman 
yeah. would know that that is not who they're looking for. Steven, we've started calling a certain person in white Burger King. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't figure out how to make any comments on this without being in the spoiler sections. Yeah, exactly. So a per- certain person in white, we have now started calling Burger King for some reason. Right. So if you need to talk about him, you can call him Burger okay. King before the spoiler Good section. I don't know why we did that. I think it's funny, that's why. It is funny, yeah. And so they set the plane on fire, which, you know, that's, you know, put him to rest, that's okay. He replaces Charlie's statue, which is kind. Yeah. And Charlie is it says- kind? You're kind of just re-enabling an addict there. Oh, that's true. But I feel like Echo feels bad about breaking it, now that he's had his closure, and it's probably just like, here you go, sorry. Especially also because, because Charlie has also- Proven that he is actually religious, and he says he's an altar boy and everything, so Echo thinks he only had the one. And so if he really did want the Virgin Mary statue, he didn't break it open, because even though he knew what was inside. That's fair. He, maybe he just wanted a statue, and he felt bad for okay. breaking it. I don't know. And so he's like, are you a priest, or what? And he's like, yes, I decided, yes, I am. And I'm like, that's not how that works. Yeah. <laughs> and he starts to recite the 23rd Psalm. And what's interesting, actually, is that he, it's incorrect, he doesn't, what? He doesn't do it right. Um, and that's because he's just, uh, he's just a baby priest. Yeah, he's new at this. <laughs> yeah. They didn't actually do that on purpose. They meant for it to be correct, and then they, like, messed up in the script or something, and then Damon and Carlton were like, well, he, do- he-, he doesn't know. What did he get wrong? Um, I think it was the Valley of the Shadow of Death, and it's supposed to be the Shadow of the Valley, or, like, the, or, or vice versa or something. Well, he just gets some of the- Someone should have really Googled that one. Yeah, just some of the phrasing was wrong. Oh, and then another thing is that Adewali is- quite religious. I think I think it said on his Wikipedia page that he is into Bud- Buddhism, though, mm-hmm. and he helped a lot with Echo's story. So Charlie goes back to the beach, and Claire has taken all his stuff and is kicking him out because she lied- because he lied to her. Which, honestly, is fair. Yeah. Claire? You lied to me, Charlie. I know I did. Sorry. made me feel safer to have it around. Look, I, c- I can't have you around my baby, okay? Claire, I don't want- Charlie, I don't want you sleeping anywhere near us, okay? She's just trying to protect Aaron and doesn't want him around them anymore. And this is the setup to, not next episode, but the episode afterward. And so we go back and Charlie has a whole stash of statues. Ugh. And he adds another to the collection. And we think there's like around five or six in there. When, when did he get these statues? Has he just been going out at night and collecting exactly. them? Like, how did he get all of those back? Well, that's another thing. He's just like, I'm lost. What can I do? I don't know. Like, last time I was there, like, it was night, and I was with Saeed, and a bag of rocks fell on me. But, like, clearly he's been making his way over there over and over again. Yep. Or did he grab them while he was with Echo? Oh. I don't think so. You don't think? Could he have grabbed them while he was with I don't think he grabbed them with while he was with Saeed, either, because he was, like, on a mission to, no. to protect, or to go and get back Aaron. Yeah. But, like, why, if he's just bringing the one that he got from Echo to there, why did he take two trips? And how did he get past Echo? Like, while Echo was crying, he was like, boop, 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 just taking all the... <laughs> it's like, like, sorry about your brother, mate. I just gotta grab this heroin, like, really quickly. I'm yeah, so sorry. sorry. Okay, when... He... So then, he must know exactly where that plane was the entire time and he knew how to get back and he was just playing dumb 
with Echo because he didn't. Well, do you think then that a certain Burger King like took the memory out of his brain a little bit so that he could climb that tree and not get killed by a certain smoke monster in that very moment? Or I don't know. I'm just making things up. I mean, I think that's that's too far a deep dive. Yeah. But that would be interesting. I don't know. Steven, what do you think? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't think that's what would have happened, but mm-hmm. it been. Yeah. Especially because I'm just making that up from a very <laughs> minuscule thing. <laughs> I can't imagine Ch- Charlie just running through the jungle at night to get these statues after seeing the smoke monster and Echo. Like, you're just going to go by yourself in the middle of the night to that plane? It just... I'm trying exactly. to remember. I'm trying to remember where Locke and Boone found the first statue, whether it was at the plane site or whether it was just like in the jungle with Goldie. Because clearly, I mean, if so, Charlie could have just been like looking for them around that vicinity and finding some that have like potentially fallen out or something. But another thing is that like Goldie clearly has parachuted out and just like let Yemi. And then I just realized that. Yeah. But like Goldie is like quite far away with a parachute. He like, he just bailed. Yeah. And Yemi in the plane just like went right into the cliff, I guess. Yeah. And Yummy's body, like, attacked Boone a little bit. <laughs> oh, that one time, and he was like, ew! Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So I wonder how Goldie died. Yeah! Yeah, was he, like, impaled on the tree or something? Because, like, when, when Locke and Boone found him, he was just, like, up in the tree still. Yeah. What if he, like, I wonder if he got, like, stuck in his parachute and, like, suffocated or something. Oh, maybe. Or he couldn't get down, or he got stuck in his parachute, couldn't get down, and just... Or a certain smoke monster got him. Yeah, honestly, I can't recall how Lock and Moon found him. I'd have to go back and check. Yeah. I mean, knowing this show, it could have been anything from the smoke monster to a polar bear clawed him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, did you guys have any more island thoughts before we do flashbacks? No, I don't. How about you, Steven? No. So, uh, time for sadness. So, uh, welcome to Nigeria. I've Fun fact, I have been here. I went to the... You've been to Nigeria? Not real Nigeria. <laughs> Oahu, Nigeria. We went to the Lost on Location, or Lost Location tour. On Oahu. On Oahu. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the places we went. So that's pretty cool. So I was like, hey, I've been there. What, what, I- um, what is that village normally? I don't know what it was called or anything, but it's just like very sandy. Like, it's just weird because like, you people think... people live there? Do people live there? Yeah. I think so. Not in like those kind of yeah, not the not in those kind of like shanty houses that they've got going on, you know, just to to make it look like Nigeria specifically. But we went into like it was like a little shaved ice kiosk kind of place is where we were, and it was like a little grocery store type of place. Yeah, it was cute, like a typical side of the road Hawaiian thing. Yeah, yeah. it was like you know when you look at it, you're like everything's on Oahu, so you're probably thinking, oh, this was fabricated. You know, no, they, like put this down the sand. Yeah, they like had to put down the sand somewhere because all of Hawaii is totally lush, and that's just not the truth. No, there was like that whole like neighborhood that just like was really sandy, and and I think that with the color correction, they like made it even more mm-hmm. orange because I remember yeah. it being less orange than I remember. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, a lot of people don't really know like. Good chunks of Hawaii are, like, you know, brown, dirt, sand, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> especially if it's a dry season and there's, like, 
no rain, mm -hmm. it's just going to turn brown. I think I read that they filmed all the flashback scenes with like a yellow lens or yellow tinted lens. That sounds like something they would do. That would make sense. Yeah. It does definitely have its own unique look. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so we've got kids playing soccer and such, and such, and then, uh, then we've got, like, these thugs that kind of show up, and Echo's the one who's wearing the cross, and then we have this priest who comes out of the church and says, like, don't take, I think he says don't, don't take any more of the kids? Yeah, don't take any more of the children. So clearly they've done this before. Yep. Where they show up and they just take random children. Well, child soldiers is, yeah. you know, something that happens now. Yeah, that's true. So, I don't think it was unusual for their village, because what are they going to do? They can't fight back. Yeah. I never caught that he said more children, but that makes it even more depressing. Yeah. Uh -huh. I guess it was just Echo's turn that day. Or that they were kind of looking for a candidate. Right. And they found one mm -hmm. in Echo, because mm -hmm. it wasn't yummy. It was not yummy. No. It certainly wasn't. But when I was doing this rewatch, I thought about something that I've never thought about before. Was that this priest was probably... You know, obviously he was the priest of Echo and Yemi's church. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the, I don't know if Yemi is in the same village that he grew up in or not, but like, did he take over the church of that guy? And Echo does say later, like, Monsignor would think that he didn't raise a Catholic, a good Catholic boy or whatever. So I think that's who it was, and they were probably very familiar with him. Yeah, I think he definitely took over for his own church. Yeah. And like, I think both of them would have been trained by him if, what happened hadn't happened. Yeah. Just, like, seeing that guy run out of the church and, and be the priest, I was thinking, like, wow, that guy probably meant a lot to those kids. Yeah. And he's, you know, just a passing... And I think in terms of, like, who the, you know, it, the gorillas were, is that, you know, there is still a moral code, which is we're not going to shoot a priest. Mm -hmm. So I think the priest has, like, a little bit more, like, sway of saying, like, you can't, like, don't take more kids, so they just take one. Right. Whereas maybe they would have taken more if he hadn't been there. Right. But another thing is that when he says don't take any more of the children, there's actually a typo. So there's two typos in this one episode, because he <laughs> says any more as one word when what he really means is two words, but that's just in the subtitle. Oh, all right. And so they just pick an old guy? Yeah. What the hell? Like, what did that guy do? Right? Me, meaty, miny, you, what was I his guess? crime? Free him. And he, he honestly wasn't even, like, that old. He was just, no, a dude in the village. And he had completely resigned himself to it. Yeah. Like, I guess, you know, like, does that happen all the time? Probably. Oh, my God. And he was like, guess it's me today. Yeah. This is it. Oh, God. It's a horrible scene. I never thought about that. He's just, uh... An accessory to Echo's story, I guess. Yeah. But it also is a fantastic way to set up the world that Echo grew up in. Yeah. So they pick Yemi and they want Yemi to do it. And of course it's Yemi, so he can't. And then they have... And then Echo comes in and does it instead. Ugh. That one moment, Echo doesn't even... Like, there is a brief hesitation. But I think by the time that he's got the gun in his hand, he knows that, like, any show of weakness will probably end up being a punishment for Yemi, so he just does it. Also, this is a very small village. They probably grew up knowing that man. Yeah, exactly. They, like, know him, and that's heartbreaking. Yeah. But, here's another fun fact. <laughs> is that um, originally they were gonna call Echo Emeka? That's what his name was gonna be? Okay. And then Adewale was like, um, no, let's call him Echo. 
That's better, though. I honestly feel like Adam Wally had more of a sway than most actors did in the show. Because they, they talk so much about how much Adam Wally has brought in. And I think that that's actually a really good thing, because mm. it means that Echo's backstory and his history were represented as authentically as possible from someone like who was from that region, yeah. who knew what names to give and all of those things. So his input did nothing but enhance Echo's story and make it more authentic. Mm-hmm. Like, he was like, let's call him Echo because it was from... Because that sort of name was from the actual tribe that his family was from. Exactly, right? So, like, little details like that give Echo's world more credibility. And Adewale was like, let's not just call him Echo, let's call him Mr. Echo. <laughs> and Damon and Carlton were like, oh, why? Like, why does that happen? And he's like, I don't know, you guys figured out. <laughs> I really like Adewale. He's like, I don't know, I just think it'd be cool, whatever. He's like, you guys have given me this much power, let's see how far I can push it. Yeah. <laughs> So, the guy says, look at Mr. Echo. And that's, of course, uh, yeah. how they figured out how to make it Mr. It's, Echo. It's pretty genius. Yeah. But he ends up using, like, that name forever. Why would he choose to adopt Mr. Echo in this moment? Because it's slightly different from the name that he used when he was growing up. Different persona, different person. Right. But then, he goes back on the island and says, hi, I'm Mr. Echo. So, maybe you get used to it? Yeah. Yeah, once you've been called well, Mr. for 25, 30 years, it's hard to go back. Exactly! Mr. Echo is my father. (laughs) (laughs) Call me Just Echo. Um, Okay, Just Echo. What? Okay, Just Echo. I was telling a great joke. But basically, like, this is the moment where we realize the reason why he is not a good person, in quotation. He is called a born killer, which is gross. And they end up taking Echo, and Yemi picks up his cross necklace and keeps it. And I guess probably resigns himself to be like... I'll never see my brother again. I'll never see my brother again, but also in his honor and his memory, I will do what he wanted to do with his life. Oh, maybe? Yeah, I like that. He, Yeah, so he chooses religion and becomes, like, the good person that Echo always wanted to be. God, Echo's whole story is so heartbreaking. But Damon and Carlton said that they wanted, like, when they came up with Echo, they wanted a character from a radically different culture, is what they said. I wonder why. I mean, like, they were already a very diverse, is already a very diverse show. Yeah. But I guess they were just like, we're not. We don't have enough. We need more. Yeah, there's more. I like that. That's cool. I love Damon and Carlton. I think they're good people. Um, so in the next flashback, Echo is a drug lord now. Oh. That was a bit of a leap. Choices. (laughs) Well, it's such a huge leap because it's literally, like, three years before, it's like, him as a kid, leap all the way to three years before the crash, 2001. And you're like, hey, that was not you're like. Um, hey, what did I? Uh, what did I miss? <laughs> Seems like a lot. A little sidebar on that first scene, though. Well, my favorite part of that scene was mm-hmm. when the kids were playing soccer. Just yeah. how much bigger Mister Echo was than the rest of them, and he could have <laughs> right. clearly done whatever he wanted and scored all the goals. But his whole emphasis was just trying to set up his brother for an assist. That was, yeah. He he obviously was better than all those kids, and that his whole focus was on his brother even then oh my god i I didn't even think about that it was literally like oh they're playing sports (laughs) nope i totally shuts down oh that's a that's a great also like sort of example of what he would do later yeah all the kids probably look up to him a lot yeah and that he he'll do anything for his brother oh he brought like i wonder if he would have stepped up if it was any of those kids or do you think it was like just if it was yemi if it was one of the other kids, he'd be like, sorry, sucks. 
No. It seems like Mr. Echo might have done that for for some of the other kids. Not yeah. Sure. Oh, he's such a good man. Um, so yeah, he's a drug lord now. <laughs> um, and he has some people he's doing business with, which are just labeled the Moroccans. <laughs> what Moroccans? So cool. Um, and something that I noticed is that Mor- I like Googled like the difference, like where Nigeria and Morocco are. And they're uh, 1,944 miles away from each other. But we have Goldie here. And this boy, who, like, is helping the Moroccans, question mark, I guess? Probably the same person that Echo was. Yes. Yeah, that's probably who the boy was. Um, So, by killing those people, is Echo saving that boy from the life that he was forced into, do you think? No. No? I think... That's a good thought. Yeah. But I think they probably answered to someone higher, right? Mm. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, never noticed that. Yeah, it just seemed like Echo being ruthless. Never really thought about having a good motive on that. Yeah. I mean, I just thought of that right now. (laughs) Yeah. I think the dealers definitely worked for someone high up, because how else would they end up with the heroin in the first place? Right. But, because Echo tells him to go tell someone else, right? Yeah. But I kind of would hope that that kid talk, took the opportunity to just book it. <laughs> just run away. I wonder if like, I don't think that that kid was saved from that life but I wonder if Echo was like if that's like what he thought maybe he was doing. That would be cool. And maybe if it wasn't, he was like, at least I'm saving them from these people. Exactly. I guess. But so then, you know, they've got the heroin and Echo literally tastes it and he's like, I know what bad heroin tastes like and good heroin, I guess. That was so weird! You're like, okay, you're about to do a business transaction, but real quick, I'm gonna put some heroin on my tongue! Well, he wants to make sure that it's not brown sugar, which is exactly what it actually is. I know, but any any smart dealer knows that you make one of the lackeys do it. Oh, that's true. Uh-huh. And so he's gonna give him 50,000 Nairo for it, I guess? Mm-hmm. So that's... We did the math in 2001. Well, not that we did the math in 2001, but in 2001... It was about 100 to 1. Like, 100 Nairo equaled 1 US dollar. Yeah. And so, 50,000... Is it like are, is he saying 50,000 Nairo, or is he saying 50,000... Yeah, it's 50,000 Nairo. 50,000 Nairo is only $500. Yeah, he got nothing for that deal. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he's like... Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense, because he's like, I'll give you 50, and they're like, um, that's like, literally nothing. Yeah, he's like, okay, well, no I'm money. doing you a favor, buckaroo. Yeah. And yeah, he's saying, like, I'm doing you a favor because there's, like, no market for it here, and you need to get it out of the country, and I know how to do that. Exactly. 50. 50 what? 50 is what I will pay you in exchange for the favor you are asking me to do. A favor? You have a large quantity of heroin in a country that has no puppies and no market for its sale. Your drugs are of no value here. So you must get them out. The borders are all guarded by the military. So you must fly. But as I'm sure you are aware, the only private planes currently allowed into the air are either UN aid or the Catholic missionaries. And so you have come to me for a favor. I will buy your heroin for 50. So they have to fly it out, and the only people who can do it are the U- United Nations aid and the church. I wonder why the church. Because it's the church. 
That doesn't answer anything. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like the church can do whatever they want, right? But why do they have planes? Uh, for the polio vaccine, maybe? Ooh. I don't know. I made that up. I'm going to believe it, though. Okay. Steven, do you have the answer to this question? <laughs> I, I don't. I, I feel like missionaries get a lot of respect in a lot of parts of the world, though. Um, so my guess would be that they just that's just something that the country has decided that missionaries can come and go as they please. Hmm. I think that's fair. Yeah, they're like off limits. I do have another fun fact, though. I love those. The guy who played like the main other guy who like Echo was like 50 and he was like, what? You know, that yeah. guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, He was their caterer. <laughs> On the show? Yeah. That's so cute. And they were like, do you want to act? And he's like, okay. <laughs> You're going to die at the end of this scene though, so you can't come back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, he was their caterer. He was one of the caterers. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, then they speak to each other in Arabic, uh, but unfortunately it's not translated on Lostpedia, so I can't tell you what they said. Oh. But if anyone knows, let me know because I'm interested. <laughs> I was going to say, if you had told me, because you asked me if I knew anyone who spoke Korean, and I was yeah. like, no. But I know like four people who speak Arabic. <laughs> okay, well, maybe next episode we'll be able to tell you guys. <laughs> yeah, tell them it's like, it's like a quarter way through of the episode. Okay. They start talking, they say like two lines in Arabic. But they're like, hey, is it true that you have no soul? It's like, cute, <laughs> and so he kills them. <laughs> they're like, hey, real quick, so it's really true that you have no soul. And he's like, well, I'm just going to prove you right immediately right now. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, now does he get the heroin for free? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even have to pay? It's like $500? This was a good business transaction. Yeah. He didn't send any money with the, the, the kid, so. Oh. That's true. That probably did not reflect well on that kid. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. But, I mean, Echo had a good day. He got to try some heroin. He made some, he kept some money. And now he has a whole bunch of drugs. But he spares the kid because, you know, and we've seen him with Zach and Emma, right? So we know, like, kids. He probably, he doesn't see, he, like, specifically says later, oh, I haven't seen my brother in three years, right? So he, he and Yemi haven't seen each other in three years. Yeah. But he probably sees Yemi as that kid still. Oh, for sure. Um, so kids probably mean a lot to him. And another fun fact from the commentary is that Adewale never even actually read for the part of Echo. They literally were just like, hi, we want a Nigerian priest. Um, yeah, let's get that guy. And he's like, cool, can we change it? And they're like, um, yeah. <laughs> you kind of accidentally land, like, the best role ever. Yeah. You're like, oh, wait, so I get to pick and do whatever I want in this role. Mm -hmm. And I get to do that in Hawaii? And I get to pick his name. Where do I get that job? Yeah, right? Yeah. I wish. Now we are going to the scene with uh, Echo and Yemi for the first time. And fun fact, I have a lot of those this episode because there was a whole commentary about it. But um, the church exterior was just a facade and the church interior was like a whole different set. That's usually how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And the statues were f are for the polio vaccine and they are 200 Naira, which in 2001 was about $2. Two U.S. dollars, so that's like what three dollars. Yep, in Canadian, I guess. Um, and then we see Yemi. It's been three years since they've seen each other, and the reason why Yemi won't take Echo's confession is because he ha would have to feel remorse for it for it to mean something. And I guess Yemi just thinks really s like lowly of his brother in that regard. I I don't know that he thinks lowly of him, but I think he might think that his brother thinks lowly of him. Oh, you think that Yemi thinks that Echo doesn't like Yemi? No, the other way around. That Echo thinks... Thinks that Yemi doesn't like Echo. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh. And I, I think that's yeah. in the moment where Yemi says, you won't even feel remorse for what you're confess- confessing to. Yeah. I think that's very true. Yeah. And honestly, I think it's, like, true that Yemi probably doesn't like Echo, like Echo that much. I think it's not, I think he still loves Echo, but yeah. he does not like the choices that Echo has made, which is, I, I understand, but it's kind of unfair considering he was, didn't exactly have a choice in becoming what he became. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, if he gets taken by those, like, by the gorillas and everything, mm-hmm. and doesn't comply with what they want, they'll just kill him. Yeah. So, and then they'll go back and take another kid. But, you know, Echo is also, like, fully manipulating and blackmailing even Yemi into doing stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of a, it's a tightrope there. So I come to visit you for the first time in three years, and you won't hear my confession. You know, Monsignor would have said he failed to raise a proper Catholic boy. But why waste your time confessing? It won't help you. It won't? No. For confession to mean something, you must have a penitent heart. You and your guilt, Yemi. I've only done what I needed to do to survive. How is that a sin? You may live far from here, but that doesn't mean I haven't heard of who you are and what you have done. Have you forgotten how you got that cross, brother? The day they took me? Is what I did that day a sin? Or is it forgiven? Because it is you that was saved. You're saying that I won't be forgiven for things, but, like, the moment where I saved you and killed that man, is that forgiven because it was you who I saved? Oh, that was a brutal takedown. And it's, like, just pointing out some of the problems with the church as well. Yep. Yeah. That was that was brutal because it was, like, why do you get to pick and choose morality? Like, are you the morality police? Yeah. And that are was you the morality I, police? Like, I, I wish you just said that. That would have been, that's a very Shannon thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> in, in Yemi's defense, though, even though that event did start Echo down the path, if he's heard stories of what Echo has been doing, you know, there at some point he probably figures Echo becomes responsible for those actions, even if right. he was put on that path to save him. Yeah, because it's like when you're an adult, you're making your own you're sorry, you're making your own decisions. There's a difference in being like a bystander to save your own life and participating. Then yeah, the end participating. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I see that. And so Echo's saying, like, is it a sin like just for me to like try and survive? And Yemi has heard the tea, he's heard the hot goss about all the garbage that he's been doing. <laughs> and Yemi still wears Echo's cross necklace. So Echo knows that he still cares about him at least. Of course he does, it's his brother. And so, he needs to transport his merchandise. And Echo says, it's not my normal business. Is that a lie, or does he do other things? Hmm. Yeah, we, we don't really see any of his business other than the, the, the drugs. But I'm yeah. sure there's a lot more to being a warlord than just moving drugs in and out of the country. That's true. That's a very fair point. He's <laughs> like, I'm usually an assassin, so you're lucky I'm doing this right now. That one kind of hurts. Yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. Okay. But he's like, this is actually helpful to the people of Nigeria because it won't even be used here. And we can use the money for your vaccine, right? God gave us this opportunity. See, now that's selective morality. Yeah. He's saying, like, I'm making the best of a situation that I've put you in. Yeah. That's manipulation 101. And Yemi says, no, you're just being greedy. Exactly. I don't... I, now, I mentioned this to you when I was airing, but I don't know how this is greedy, mm. per se. 
I, I think it's manipulative, mm-hmm. and I think Echo is getting his way, but I don't see how it's greed. Right. When, I don't know that it's actually clear, once they take Echo and kind of train him, here, is he working, still working for the same people, or is he working for himself? Because if, if this is all his, his oh. deal, then it would just be greed to make the most money for him, but if he's doing it for a larger group, then I don't know that it is greed. Precisely. That's a really great point, is is he still working for that same group of, like, gorillas, or is he his own contractor now? Right. He, he kind of seemed to be working on his own there at the, the with the Moroccans. Right, and that would make Yemi's point make more sense. Yeah. Okay. Because if he, if he was not his own contractor, he... It, it's either he's on his own or he made his way so far up the food chain that he's the boss now. Yeah. But he didn't have a, much of a army behind him. It was just, what, those those two dudes? Those two dudes. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I like the idea that he's an independent contractor. Yeah. So Yemi says that he won't help him and he calls him Brella. Mm, someone else says that. Brella! Hmm. I miss him. Yeah. I wish he would come back. Where did he go? The next scene we have, Echo comes into the church and interrupts someone's confession. That's just really... Bad form. That's really rude. That's very rude. Yeah. Yummy is literally like, okay, well, um, come back, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I'm not used to this. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, well, Yummy, like, have you reconsidered my, like, option, like, the option that I gave you? And he's like, uh, no. And Goldie and everybody are just, like, touching stuff and everything. He's like, stop touching my stuff! Okay, big mood, though. Yeah, literally. Especially in a, like, in a holy place, like a church. You're like, yeah. can you please keep your drug lord hands off of the precious thing? Yeah. I'm gonna have to, like, bless all that stuff again. <laughs> right? Did they do that? Is that how it no, works? No. Oh. Uh, were you just under the impression that priests bless everything in a... Like holy water, right? No. No? What, you think they bless all the candles? Well, they all have Virgin Mary and stuff and Jesus on them, right? So you gotta... Steven, do you want to take this well, one? There, There is, a, there is a, a spoilery thought to this one referencing a future episode, but I would say that, yeah, it's possible they, they view the things in the church as sacred or blessed. Yeah, but but he doesn't physically go and bless everything. That's no. what I learned tonight. So he's like, hey, how about, like, you make us priests, and then we'll do all the work. And Yemi's like, that's a hard no. It's kind of genius, though. Oh, it fully is. But he's like, no, because then you guys are going to be bad priests and do garbage things, and whose name is going to be on your paperwork? Plus, it's blasphemous to impersonate someone of the cloth. Yeah. Echo talked about how... Yemi lives in a world where, like, evil and righteousness are far apart, but sometimes there's, like, a fine line between them. Which is a great sentiment, honestly. It's a fantastic line. Yeah. How dare you come here and disrupt my work? Have you reconsidered? What? My request. Flying drugs under the cover of the church? How's that something I could ever reconsider? Hey, don't touch those! I'm going to make this easy for you. You will make us priests, and we will fly the drugs out ourselves. Make you priests? Just sign these ordination documents and I will give you the money for the vaccines. Leave this church now, Echo. Go, now. Hear me? I understand that you live in a world where righteousness and evil seem very far apart. But that is not the real world. I am your brother and I would never do anything to hurt you. But my friends, if you do not do what I ask, they will burn this church to the ground. Is that worth less than the price of your name on a piece of paper? 
And he's like, listen, like, I love you and I'd never do anything bad, but, like, my friends kind of suck and they'll, like, burn your church to the ground. Oh, hello, manipulation. Yeah. Don't pretend it's not you, Echo. Yeah. He's like, listen, I'm not even a part of this. We definitely didn't have, like, a whole conversation about what we were going to say to you and talk about that. Like, that would be weird. Like, outside, they were like, okay, guys, so this is how we're going to do this. Yeah. Echo would make a heck of a salesman. Oh, he would. true. And Yemi says, Echo, you, like, just because you're, like, technically a priest doesn't mean that you're, like, ethically a priest and you could never be a priest. And, of course, Echo, like, tries to prove him him wrong. Mm -hmm. This is one of the last things that he says to to his brother. Ugh. That hurts my feelings. And he says he's going to buy 300 statues, which would be, in U.S. dollars, 600 dollars. Which I think is more than enough for the polio vaccine. Which is 6,000 Naira. And we were watching today, we were like, oh my god, he's giving him thousands of thousands of, do- of Naira. Like, yeah. it's way too much. He but gave then him, I like, did. all 50 grand. But that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But we were thinking that it was, like, way too much, but I forgot to, like, think about how it's, like, that amount plus 100. Yeah. So it's, like, $600 uh, times 100 Naira is 60,000. So that's even more than what he was going to pay for the actual heroin. Yeah, I think he just like threw money at his brother as like a a sort of sorry for yeah. doing something that I'm going to do anyway. Yeah. And so Echo says that now they're both sinners. And Yemi says, "But God will forgive Yemi, but not Echo." I mean, he's right. Yemi's just like, "Listen, dude, like I did it so that our, our church wouldn't burn down." And God's like, "You right, you get a pass." <laughs> Yeah, he's tight with God, so he actually knows that. Yeah. Next scene, they're on the runway, and uh, one of the dudes, like, sees the van. It's a Toyota. That's something I noticed. Why is that important? I don't know. Okay. And Yemi is in it, and he warns Echo and everybody that they need to get out of there, because he didn't tell the military who was involved, so if it's, like, just those two guys, then Echo won't get in trouble. I mean... This kind of reminds me of last episode, when Kate's dad was like... I have to tell them that you came to visit me, but I'll give you a head start. Exactly. It's him being like, I have to tell the military that, like, you know, just because, you know, he's a moral guy. He's like, I have to tell the the police that this happened, but I'll give you a head start by coming over here and telling you. Precisely. To get out. So that's a parallel. And he's like, oh, how do you know something bad will happen? Like, are you a prophet now? Um, And he's like, listen, I'll take your confession. I'll do whatever you want. Just, like, come with me. And it turns out that Yemi has sold them out. And while the military is, like, coming up and everything, it's very clear that one of the guys has, like, shot the driver. Oh. Because, because it, like, swerves and crashes into something. Okay, but my question for you guys is, do you think that Yemi made the right decision here in calling the military? I personally, and, like, I'm a Slytherin, so I don't know, really. But, like, if it was me, I think I would have called them after the plane had taken off. Whoa. But then again, he wants to have his brother back, right? He he doesn't want his brother to go. Yeah, he doesn't want his brother to get away with a crime, but, which he would have. But he's telling it, he's telling him that something bad's going to happen, but something bad is going to happen because he called the military. And yeah. If he, hadn't, if he hadn't called anyone, then there's really no reason to think that something bad would have happened. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm of two minds here. I'm yeah. not sure. What do you think, Britt? I think that he did the best he could, given the fact that he put him... Honestly, he kind of did him a kindness. Yeah. Because Echo put him in kind of an impossible situation in the first place. Mm -hmm. And he chose to still show Echo mercy. Right. 
So I think he did. It, it was the secret third option to an impossible situation. Yeah. But I, I was just wondering if like if that was what everyone else thought too. Yeah. I I, I, I gotta say I I don't agree with uh, with what what he did. I, I think priest or no priest, you know, family still family, and I, mm. just something about just turning in your brother just still doesn't sit doesn't sit right with me. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I understand that. I don't. I could never turn my sister in. Yeah, even if even if yeah, and you don't, and you talk about how much you don't like her. <laughs> no matter how bad if something a family member does, I don't think you'd ever turn him in. That's just exactly. Which is also another parallel to Kate. Her mom fully turned her in. Uh, like, yep. Yeah, Kate's mom is awful. Awful. <laughs> yes, she is. And so Yemi gets shot. Honestly, this was so stupid of him. What? Because he knows that they're shooting at people, and they're all dressed as priests. So he runs out and goes, no, please, no. Of course they're going to shoot him. They think that they're all bad. They don't think that the guy who called them and told them that something bad was going to happen Oh yeah, they can't the tell all the priests apart. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yummy, buddy. Yeah. And that was his fatal, fatal mistake. And so he gets shot, and they put him on the plane. And Echo, you know, gets the blood print, like, or the hand print on the, oh, the thing. It's, like, so cool to see it, like, immediately right after yeah. it's, like, dried on the thing. It's very cool. And Goldie decides to kick Echo out by save, or saves his life, question mark. Why do you think he did that? Just so he could get all of the heroin money to himself? I've always had that question. I don't understand why he did that. Because seeing as how Mr. Echo, unless he thought Echo was going to die... If Mr. Echo lived and he did get away with all that, how he didn't think Echo would come and find him, like, I just don't know how he thought he was going to get away with that just by kicking Echo out of the plane, unless he just thought he was going to get shot. Especially because it doesn't turn out very well for him at all. No. I think maybe it was that he was mad at his friend. Oh, at at Echo? Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, I'm going to kick you off of this because I don't want you near me. And I think you deserve to be arrested for the crime. I think you should take the fall for the crime. He thinks that yeah. Echo will take the fall for yeah. the whole thing. And then and then that backfires on Goldie, but works out really what nicely for Echo. Yeah, I mean, shout out, Goldie. Thanks so much. <laughs> Actually, because I just said that, like, the military doesn't expect the person who called it in to be at the crime scene. But then they see him. But then they say, like, are you okay? Like, I wonder if it's because, like, they don't even do an investigation on why he got kicked <laughs> off. Like, they're just like, oh... He must got kicked off because he's the good one. I don't know. I didn't even think about that. Now I'm like, wait, why would you question that? Yeah. Okay. Like, they're not even going to do an investigation. Yeah. Okay, whatever. They're like, yeah, this seems legit. You're yeah. a priest. But you know what, though? That goes to what we said earlier is, like, priests have a level of authority that people are intimidated to question. Right. That's true. And another fun fact is that, like, this, that final flashback where we get where he says, like, are you okay? Like, and, and it's, it's revealed that he's now, like, you know, he's gotten away with it and, and everyone thinks that he's the real priest, was meant to be here originally, but then they ended up cutting it off and putting it after Echo finds out, fi- like, finds Yemi's body. Yeah. Which I think was good. Just a little small flash yeah, there. Yeah, that was the right choice for sure. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, those are all my thoughts about about this episode. Did you guys have any other ones? Um, I personally don't. Not until the spoiler section. <laughs> How about you, Steven? No, sorry, looking at my notes here, anything we didn't talk about? No, um, no, think that about covers it, other than spoilers. <laughs> okay. So the spoilers good. are the best, because then we can just, like, chat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now we're going to do our segments. Uh, it's time for our favorite line award. My favorite line goes to Charlie for... <laughs> 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 
Thank you very much, Jenna. I do have a beautiful voice, don't I? <laughs> what a dope. So presumptuous. Yeah. Mine goes to Kate and Sawyer for Everyone loves you now. Bull Pucky. Bull Pucky! <laughs> what? And Stephen, how about yours? Uh, mine was, um, Charlie and... What if I don't? You gonna beat me with your Jesus stick? I find it a little odd that your scripture stick has dried blood on it. <laughs> Charlie had some good ones this episode. Great observations, yeah. yeah. So now we're gonna go into our other segments. So, uh, light and dark? I didn't pick one out. I wasn't oh, paying attention. These are kind of kind of stretching here, but mm -hmm. Echo's, Echo's shirt he was walking around with was white. It was kind of a tinged white, but it was white. Right. And Charlie was wearing a dark shirt all episode. I think that's fair, and also... Really reaching, but... Yeah, I no, mean, that's a good one, I like it. The smoke is black, right? Yeah. And Priest's outfits are black, with like a little bit of white. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fashion. Yeah. yeah. And this Soccer is balls are black and white. Yeah. <laughs> that one's a reach. <laughs> yeah. And this one isn't, isn't necessarily from this episode, but when Mr. Echo picked the stick in another 48 days... The stick yeah. to me looked very white, and to me the stick now looks much different than it did then. And I don't know if that's just right. 40 days of weathering or or what, but it, the stick has definitely gone from white to dark. Right. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Oh. So now we're going to do Man of Science, Man of Faith. We've kind of switched our Man of, Faith's, uh, Man of Science, Man of Faith section to instead of talking about a whole bunch of different characters, we're just going to focus on the main person in this episode, which is Mr. Echo. I think it's very clear that he started as a man of faith, went as a man, became a man of science, and is back to man of faith now. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Or not right. so much became a man of science as rejected his man of faith side. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if there was a lot of science there, but it was definitely not faith. Well, I think his, like, whole, yeah, his whole, like, deduction about it being a favor and everything True. was very science yeah. to me, and him... Paying attention to everything Charlie says, saying things like, what did you mean by the wrong idea? It's like he's taking all of the things that he learned within his Man of Science days and applying it to Man of Faith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now we've got Hurley's Walkman. Uh, welcome to Hurley's Walkman. We didn't necessarily play this song, but Charlie sang... He's Evil by The Kinks. <laughs> it is a song by The Kinks that has been featured twice in Lost. The 23rd Psalm, it's song, it's... The 23rd Psalm, it's sung by Charlie, and in Fire Plus Water, which is, I think, two episodes away, uh, it is also played in in the actual episode. So it's... Which is a Charlie episode, so yeah. it's interesting that, like... That's his, like, through line. That's, that like, song. part of his through line in, yeah. like, these three episodes or whatever. Interesting. Here are some of the lyrics. He comes on smooth, cool, and kind, but he wants your body, not your mind. Oof. <laughs> he's got style, personality, but he's the devil in reality. He'll make you laugh, make you smile, and make you feel good for a while. Wicked smile, decadent grin. He likes schoolgirls, nuns, and virgins. Ew! What? His skin is soft, but his mind is hard. He'll lead you on, then he'll tear you apart. He'll treat you rough, and he'll make you cry. You'll... And you will kiss sweet innocence goodbye. And once you're in, there'll be no getting out. So look out, look out, look out. He's evil, he's evil, he's evil. Is this them being like, Charlie's about to go crazy, fam? Yeah. You think? I think it's the derailment of Charlie. It's interesting listening to this. And I personally haven't listened to the actual song. But the way that Charlie sings it is so upbeat. Yeah! <laughs> but like... And he only really says that it's by the kinks. He doesn't say exactly what song it is. You have to look up that it's called He's Evil. Yeah. 
Maybe he's just singing a song about a certain middleman from later in the season. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe. Hmm. So that's interesting. I'd have to, like, go and, like, actually check out the actual song, because I haven't actually heard it. I don't yeah. know if it's actually that upbeat or not. But yeah, so that's interesting. Charlie's just like, hey, I have a- it's like singing Boulevard of Broken, Broken Dreams, like a pop song. Yeah. Um, did they do the thing? The thing is when they say the title of the episode in the episode. They didn't say the title, but they did say the 23rd song. Yeah, so I'm gonna count it. I think that counts. Yeah. Did they did they carve the thing into a stick? Yeah. <laughs> did they carve Technically, the thing? Yes, they did. Yeah. <laughs> um, how many episodes since the last knockout? I don't think anyone was knocked out this episode on island. No. Right? Yeah. No, it was a relatively pleasant day on the island, actually. So two episodes since the last knockout. Does this episode pass the Bechtel test? Okay. Not even freaking close. Silly. No. Literally no two women are even in the same scene together. I mean, there's like a thing. Uh, Anna Lucia and Sun? That doesn't count. They don't even speak in gins there. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's, That's the closest it. thing we got. Yeah. Cute. Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Uh, please write us a nice review on iTunes. <laughs> that would be cool. It doesn't um, have to be nice. I, I want it to be nice. Okay, it has to be nice. Um, and we also have a survey that's just kind of like perpetually open. It'll be in the description and you can just like fill it out. It's super easy questions and include some advice that you might have for us if you have some. Yeah. And if you're a fan of The 100, which we all are, yeah. turns out, um, we like to talk about that show too. And like we talked about seasons four and season five and we're going to talk about season six and we're going to go to Unity Days. Yeah. So there's a lot going on on that exactly. podcast. Yeah. By the time this goes out, Unity Days will be like pretty close. So that's exciting. That's very stressful. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if you're a fan of Riverdale, we'd like to talk about that show too. As we're recording this, it's less than a week until season three starts, so by the time this goes up, season three will have begun. Yep. So we talked about season one, we talked about season two, we'll be talking about season three, and also by the time this goes up, uh, The Chilling Adven Adventures of Sabrina will have come out, yes, and we will also be releasing podcasts on that feed for that, so check that out as well. And upcoming, we are doing a Stranger Things podcast in the near-ish future. So, 2019. Yeah, the near uh, that's near-ish at this point. I guess it's so. a year. Yeah. Um, so keep an eye out for that one. Um, you can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter. <laughs> And our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you have a spare dollar, we'd really appreciate it because all the money posted toward it goes to our hosting fees. Yes, thank you. Uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. Steven, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Oh, good. I'm so glad you had a good time. Do you want to remind everybody what your Twitter slash brand new Instagram is? <laughs> yeah! At Lucky13Steve. Beautiful. I'm gonna go follow. Do it. Um, and our next episode is episode 211, The Hunting Party. And our guest is going to be, once again, my cousin, Aaron. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yay, uh, it's Robin been a while story. since we've had him on. Uh, he was last here on episode 107. And yeah, we're excited. I like him. Oh my god, your kids members. are so cute. <laughs> They're so cute and small. Look. <laughs> so follow Lucky 13 Steve. Yes, yeah, so you can see cute kids. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Spoilers, spoilers. Gonna talk spoilers. <laughs> Yay! Okay, welcome to the spoilers section. Oh my god. So is that song not about Ben?
I, I think it's also about Men in Black, in my opinion. Oh. Yeah, I was thinking Smokey, but I didn't think Ben. Like, oh, Smokey be, fits much better. Could be, yeah. could be Ben, though. Yeah. Basically, just anyone, who's, anyone yeah. who's crappy on the island, you get that song. Yeah. The tearing you apart definitely thought Smokey. Right, oh, yeah. right. Okay, so I barely remember parts of this. So why can Echo look at the smoke monster? Like, well, that's another. Really, that's, a, that's a question, is that it's just like, why does MIB choose not to kill Echo in this moment, considering in season three, he does. Yeah! That's what I could never understand. Why did he not at this time and then did later? I mean, my big question, like, the thing is that Adewale asked to be written off the show in season three because both of his parents passed away. Oh, God. Yeah, so uh, I think they kind of just had to write him off really quickly, and they thought, I guess we'll just make it the smoke monster. Not remembering, I guess, that the smoke monster chose not to kill him this time. Like, I, yeah, I'm just not sure. I think they said it was because ultimately that they realized that they couldn't, the smoke monster couldn't use him because he wasn't remorseful of what he did. But I, I would have thought he could have figured that out from the first time he met Echo that he wouldn't be able to use him. Yeah, so right. So I, I never could figure that one out, still can. Yeah, I think that's just kind of like a thing. Plus, I would argue that Echo is remorseful. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. He seems to be. Well, he's he's remorseful when he kills the people on the island, but in the, in the future, the episode that he dies, he makes a big deal that he he feels no remorse for, for anything he did. It was the life that was given to him, and he right. did the best he could. And then that's when the smoke monster killed him. Right. Does he not say that, like, to the smoke monster, too? Like, as Yemi? Yeah, as Yemi. Yeah. So, right. so that's when the smoke yeah. monster decides to kill him, but I don't see why he wouldn't have got the same result from this first meeting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just not sure. Okay, so Claire and Echo have a conversation, and in two episodes at in Fire, Fire and Water, at the end, Echo baptizes Claire and Aaron, so they have, like, a connection oh, there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so does he really even have the authority <laughs> to do that, though? Hey, I don't know. He went to London, Yemi's- you know, he went to London and took Yemi's place at that Oh, yeah, right. Thing. So, he does have some. Yimmy signed a paper. It's legit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Charlie and Echo end up having a connection as well because they, cho- they like, build the church together. Okay. Later. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. And we talked about MIB already, so we can skip through that. Um, we talked about the, be- the, the beard braid, which symbolizes the two others that he kills. And That's then, so weird! And then he cuts it off and gives it to Ben. And Ben's like, what am I supposed to do with Ben's this? Ben's like, ew. Like, thanks for the beard, dude. I guess. That's such a weird thing to do! I know. Um, when they find the plane upside down, the pearl is underneath it. The big question mark. On oh! The, yeah. The pearl station. So yeah! Like, when you were saying, like, I think that it's being monitored. Yeah. I don't know. Like, we know that at some point Ben and Juliet go to the pearl to look at them. But I don't know if they do that, like, super... Like, so it's plausible that that's what they're doing. Okay, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing it at the Pearl. Yeah. Okay. I knew there was something about monitoring going on, but I can't yeah. remember what it was. Um, and Echo recites the 23rd Psalm incorrectly, but so does Charlie, so I don't know. <laughs> because he has, hasn't been a priest his whole life. And, yeah, Charlie ends up going freaking nuts and is garbage. <laughs> Great summation of Charlie. Yeah. Um, in the other storyline, Locke says, we can't just have people walking in and taking guns. No. And he says that to Michael, who then does that. It kind of hurts. So great. Um, uh, he teaches 
Michael how to shoot, and you know we talked about how he might feel responsible for what happens in Two for the Road after that. And they're also wasting Ranch, and Ranch ends up being important in Hurley's episode. Dave, why? I think he like takes a handful of ranch and eats it. Ew! He hoarded the ranch. That was one of the things he was... Oh, right, yeah. He, like, has it on his little shelf or whatever. One thing I couldn't... Oh, my God. I couldn't figure... I I forgot. At this point in time, do we know that how they're getting the the palate drops? Has that happened yet? I'm just going... No. No, I think that happens next episode. I'm not sure. Like, I'm not totally sure, but I think it's, like, very soon. Because all I get is if this is all the food they know they have... To just be out shooting it just seems like a very poor idea. Totally agree. Like, at least use an empty can. Like, yeah. I don't even like ranch or, dressing, but it still seems like a bad idea. Exactly. It's like, if, if you're in a pinch, it's kind of food. Yeah, exactly. Like, th- that island is full of coconuts. Go for a coconut. Yeah. Locke also says we can't have people, like, running off, or, like, you shouldn't run off, and or whatever. And like, Michael's like, yeah, I totally won't do that. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. Just kidding. does. Um, Hurley helps Libby and they end up, like, falling in love and stuff. That was so sweet. I kind of forgot about Hurley and Libby. Yeah. I love it. I love them, too. Yeah. Um, and in flashback spoilers, let us see, let us see. Um, uh, they need the statues for the polio vaccine later. I can't remember if it's in question mark. I think it's in cost of living, though, is when, um, they... Like, Echo takes over Yemi's church, mm-hmm. and then they're like, oh, we're finally getting our polio va- vaccine, and then those people keep coming and, like, taking their pol- half their polio vaccine in exchange for protection. Jesus. And then Echo ends up being like, no, you suck, and then, like, killing people in the church, and then they have to burn the church down. So when Echo says, like, my friends will burn your church down, and then the church ends up actually getting burned. Yeah, he was fully not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> As far as the things being blessed, that's what I was thinking too. Is that the 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 other lady there? She said that the reason they had to board up the church was because it was no longer sacred because he had killed someone. Oh yeah, did they not burn it? They just boarded it up, didn't they? Well, they boarded it up. I don't know if it got burned or what. I just know they were boarding it. Right? Up. Maybe I'm just misremembering. That's really sad though, because that was such like a symbolic place mm-hmm. for all of them. Yeah. Oh, that's all I got. That's it. What do you guys think? I'm trying to remember. Um. What episode does Echo die in? Cost of Living. And what happens there? He, like, it's so weird. He gets, like, Locke has, like, some vision or whatever, and he's just like, Echo's in trouble. And Echo ends up being in a polar bear cave. And so they have to go into the cave and get Echo. And then Echo's, like, really weak and stuff and, like, says some things to Charlie, I think it is. And then Echo gets, like, taken i think i'm remembering this correctly echo gets like taken by the smoke monster and then because echo ends up seeing yemi like mib's version of yemi Mm -hmm. because yemi's body is on the island and like starts following yemi because Locke has visions from the island and then echo starts getting visions from the island and sees yemi a whole bunch of times and then he's like talking to yemi as if it is yemi I'm hoping I'm remembering all of this correctly. But it's but, not Yemi. That's the But it's not Yemi, and then I believe Yemi ends up, like, saying, like, oh, like, what, you think I'm your brother? Oh! And then he, and then he kills him. I think. Do you remember? I, I don't know if you might know more. Yeah, I, I watched this recently. It, it was, uh, he, Echo actually went with Locke and Paolo and Nikki to the, to the Pearl. Right, right, right. And it, it was while they were down in there, Echo stayed up top. And that's when he chased after his brother 
and the smoke monster right. killed him while they were all down in the in the station. Okay, but that definitely was the man in black. Yeah, you, doing you that. speak to yeah. me like I'm your brother. God, oh, he's such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so then, is that like? Do you remember? Do you recall exactly how he dies? It's just the smoke monster who attacks him, right? Yeah, just like pounds him up against a couple trees and then drops him down, and he, you know, Locke flips him over. He's still alive, and he can get a last couple words in. And he says, "You're next, or we're next." Or, yeah, you're next. And then he just dies from internal injuries, I guess. Right, oh, and then and then Locke like sees his stick, and his stick says, "Look up, John," or up or look north, John, or something like that. And then Locke thinks of that. Yeah. So, did you see his death coming, like, when you were watching live? Like, did you know that it was something that was going to happen? No, I did not. And even after he died, I was like, oh, he couldn't have really died. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that one was probably the biggest surprise of the whole series to me. I, yeah, I did not see that coming. And I, when I first heard afterwards that, he that you know, Adewale wanted to leave the show... I heard it was just that he didn't like Hawaii. I was like, well, that stinks. But then later heard about his parents and, oh, God, you got to feel awful for the guy. So certainly mm-hmm. makes sense why he left. But that was always kind of my biggest lingering question was, you know, Damon and Carlton said many times that they had big, you know, end of the show plans for Mr. Echo. And then when he wanted to leave, they had to change that. And I always just wanted to know what their original plan was. I don't think we ever will. Yeah, I was just about to ask. Damn, yeah. I would love to know what their original plans for Echo were. I tried to, I tried to find someone's. Someone's <laughs> got to ask them. I tried to find an interview, but I remember them one time saying that kind of Daniel Faraday coming in kind of took the place, which there's a totally opposite character. Wow! But uh, I didn't even know that. That's but, amazing. So obviously the story changed. Yeah. But at the same time, I heard another interview where they just said it just left more room for characters. For, for other characters. So I don't know if what actually changed, but that was all just kind of, that's my lingering lost question is what would have happened if he didn't want to leave the show? Yeah. Cause like, I was kind of wondering like whether or not sort of the role that Desmond took on later mm-hmm. would have had any yeah, no, like definitely. tie-ins with Echo because of just sort of like, especially in season six, whether that sort of would have been Echo's role more, but I guess Daniel makes more sense because he's on the island. Well, another thing is that Echo is supposed to be, was supposed to be in the finale. They had like a thing ready for him to be in the finale. And unfortunately, Adewale asked for more compensation than they were willing to give him. And so he wasn't able to come on. Oh, yeah. That's a bit brutal. Yeah. Yeah, I was still hoping right. he would show up all the way to the end. That was the, the one character yeah. I wanted to see again. They wanted him to, Steven. They wanted him to. <laughs> Darn it. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That's bullpucky. <laughs> That's bullpucky. <laughs> <laughs> That's the perfect place to end the pause. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Um, okay, well, Steven, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you very thank much. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Good, I'm so glad. Um, uh, I know we, like, just heard from you, but would you tell everyone what your Twitter is one more time? At Lucky13Steve. <laughs> Lucky13Steve. I like it. Um, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow at the Aficionados on a whole bunch of places, but mostly Twitter. Yeah. We like Twitter the best. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash the Aficionados. If you spare a dollar, we'd really appreciate it. If you like what we do here, please consider donating, cause it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
yourself.